think about it. Snow flying, lion. No, it's not even that. It's snow flying, lion. Pogman was the official mascot of Pog. I didn't know that. I was old when Pogs came out. I was like 33, I think. You were 33 when Pogs came out. Probably. Bollocks. Well, I was it... like I was like six. <laughs> I know. It's weird how it is. Uh, I was super old when they came out, so I didn't keep track. Bollocks. I know. It's sad for me. I missed out on the whole thing. Pog form. It's fun. Um, uh, Pogs, we, of course, for our listeners. Um, oh, cardboard discs. Yeah. Oh. Years old now. Yeah. Stood for passion fruit, orange, and guava. Did you know that, Jonathan? <laughs> no, I didn't know that. Oh, it's Jonathan, keep up to date with your Pog facts. That's why you're on this podcast, or Pogcast, as this episode is going to be not called, because... That doesn't have the word penis or anus in it. Because that's how I get attention. It's working. People love it. Every day. Every day, new email. I did some fan on putting worms in your anus. Your show just get, brightens my day and gets me through those tough times. It's, it's such a strange dichotomy of them making me feel awful, but, <laughs> but them also telling me I make them feel... I just got to live with it. It's what I decided to do with my life. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to the show, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. Speaking uh, of bad decisions, you're listening to Pogs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we are joined. I mean, that lovely little voice you just heard was Conrad Zimmerman. Um, hello. Conrad. Uh-oh. Conrad Zimmerman. That bodes well. You look, right, like a thin, fat cat from Rescue Rangers. I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take it. Fat cat was A, a very svelte... You know, well, well trimmed, nice little thin fat cat from Rescue Rangers. Yeah, that he was, was he, the... he was villainous, but he was, you know, it was really just self interest more than anything. Well, he wasn't he evil. Was, no, he's just just self interested. He just he didn't understand. He didn't know what he was. He's a cat. He's got no moral compass as humans would understand it. His definition of good and evil is vastly different from ours. And frankly, the rangers, rescue or not, should not be inflicting their own moral codes on a completely different species. Jonathan, sort it out. It's funny. Uh, people have been telling me that I put my morals onto them and my beliefs onto them too much. I feel like a rescue ranger right now, in a bad way. Sorry, fat cat. I was admonished for something similar yesterday. You're because, kidding, what did you do wrong? Because I was laughing at people that had set themselves... They, they've organised a heterosexuality awareness month. Um, oh, yeah, which I thought was... Uh, pardon my French. Fucking ridiculous. Uh, and someone said, but Jim, aren't you against discrimination? Why are you discriminating against them? Um, I think we know. Yeah. I think we're pretty aware of it. Yeah, that's mainly the point. I think we know that, that heterosexuality exists. Um, but yeah, I, th I thought it was funny that, that obviously uh, I, and therefore all of Destructoid, um, discriminate against heterosexuals. Um, so I will be resigning. 
What does the word discriminate mean? Just notice when are dumb sometimes? I don't know. I mean, I told the guy that I discriminate wholly against entitled moms. I mean, have your day, I guess. If you and your buddies want to get drunk and celebrate the fact that you're all heterosexual for a month, do it. More power to you. That's awesome. I'm happy for you. That's great. Good job. This is a bunch of guys. I'm going to go do other things now, though. Yeah. And really, we, I, I, I am offended because clearly they thought they were being, you know, not catered to um, as heterosexuals. And, and I, as a homosexual, feel very, very unappreciated in modern society. So August will be Homosexuality Awareness Month, where... That's good. There you are. You're pulling yourself up by your bootstraps, just like these guys are. They were feeling a little low. They were feeling, hey, nobody's recognizing me as a straight guy. I'm going to go and celebrate my own way, and I'm going to invite everybody to do it. See, we should just be celebrating diversity and the fact that these guys wanted to do their own thing and strike out, and who cares if they're morons? Yeah, exactly. And I will, I'll take a leaf from their book and be inspired. So, I mean, we're a growing demographic. Um, in the 1950s, uh, you couldn't come out as a homosexual at all. It was considered... Um, well, I mean, a death knell for job security. Uh, people were run out of town for confessing sexual attraction to Jonathan Holmes's. In the 1950s. In the, in the 90s, as, as early as the 1950s, we consider ourselves enlightened. We consider ourselves 20th century to be better than that. But we weren't, Jonathan. Only now, in the new millennium, have homosexuals been allowed to talk about <laughs> you. Now, you mean anyone named Jonathan Holmes or me? Just the, the one you know. Um, there is only one Jonathan Holmes, which is you. There's a British guy. There's a... No. Oh, the puppy's home. Hey, guys. No. Just so you know, I'm doing this podcast from my uh, computer microphone. Therefore, you're going to hear puppies now and maybe my wife. We're going to hear puppies! Yeah, I got a puppy. Ah! Yeah. Uh, hold on a second. Mm-hmm. Hamza left before I could even introduce him. I know that was. Rude. I don't know if he just. Oh, he's gone. I know he had a a preview event to go to. He got dropped. He sent a little message. In oh, the okay. Well, I'll wait for him to pop back on unless he has actually. Well, I think he may have. A, we may have to call him back. Yeah, I'll wait till I see him pop back on. Um. So anyway, Jonathan Holmes, there's about um twenty three thousand people in America alone who want to, um, for want of a better term, pilfer your ass for sweet, sweet gumdrops. This is the first time my puppy and my wife are listening in on you on Pogtoid. Well, this is this is very educational for them, because I'm sure that, that they are unaware of, of homosexuality. And that's what homosexual, Homosexuality Awareness Month is all about, Jonathan. It's to make people, it's to make wives and dogs aware. Because for years, wives and dogs have not been knowing. Yeah, they're not interested in me at all. Yeah, no, they don't give a fuck. <laughs> they don't give the first one, mate. Let me try and get Hamza back on. Hold on. Might have to restart the recording. I hope not. Hamza, are you there? Yes. Hello. Hi. 
Hello. Oh, it's still recording. That's brilliant. Oh, this oh, made that's my good. day. That's made my Tuesday. Hello, Hamza. You left before hello. I say hello. Hello. How are you today? I'm, I'm wonderful. I was going to add to the conversation before I left that yesterday was National Cheesecake Day. And we will celebrate oh. anything in this country. I think really in the world in general. But, I mean, the fact that it was Cheesecake Day yesterday Apparently is... Jim is a homosexual and says that there's 23,000 other homosexuals who roughly. want to... Roughly. Based on, my, based on my assumption. Yeah. Uh, Hamza, you're not a homosexual, are you? I'm a homosexual. <laughs> <laughs> How many homosexuals are there out there? Just one, but just, that's, just one, one is all you need, baby. That's... Oh, yeah. You're on OK Cupid, Hamza. No, I'm not. Yeah, you are, man. Yes. I don't actually have an account. I just signed. Shut the fuck up. You're checking it out, seeing what's going on sexually, seeing what's up there. It's cool, man. Get into it. Why are you stalking, man? OK Cupid. See? Oh, look at you. Your home's a sexual with me. <laughs> Sorry, I'm sorry to homosexual in you. I can't help it. I'm a, I'm homosexual in you, I guess. Um, I don't think there's such things as a homosexual. I mean, a homosexual, Jim. Thank fuck you added that correction. I was just about to panic and scrap this recording and delete the MP3 and burn my computer. I don't think anyone. Let in- me just let me just reiterate. You think there's no such thing as a homosexual? Yes. Right. Thank. Jesus, I, I really it's... panicked. I, I thought because I know like you said... said I like how you just said thank Jesus. <laughs> well, you gotta thank someone because um, <laughs> obviously you've said before you've made all sorts of wild claims like uh, what was it? People with disassociative personality don't exist, and Fugu oh, states it, it, aren't it, real. Disorder doesn't exist. It's uh, it's a no, 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 no. We're not gonna start that again. I mean, you're basically like. Tom Cruise on Oprah at this point. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. I think that's the Today Show. The Today Show. On the no, Today Show. That would be yes. one thing. If I was just speaking from lack of experience, like, I don't think that's real. That'd be one thing. But, you know, 10 years in the field, approximately. Every single person I've met who says they have a split personality, um, if you say to them, oh, well, only one of your personalities can go out and smoke cigarettes, suddenly all the other personalities disappear. Suddenly. It's it's a what it's a, yeah. what, what if the person with uh, multiple personality doesn't smoke? I've never seen that happen. So now you're saying that everyone with uh, disassociative can't even talk with disassociative personality disorder they are all chain smokers as well. No, I, and I pedophiles. Nope. <laughs> I think you should keep your comments in your pockets, sir. There's a lot of people who think that uh, dissociative fugue... I mean, it just say, if you think about the logic of the human mind, like, why would the mind bother to make up all of these extra personalities with their own separate, like, pockets of memory and their own quirks and all, all that just to have a, uh, a defense mechanism? It makes much more sense for the person to just blank out and disassociate completely and do whatever, which I've seen happen millions of times. I mean, disassociation is real, but split personalities is just... It's something a weird person would pretend to do. What about banana split personalities? (laughs) Because I think I've got one of those. (laughs) Sounds great. Yeah. Don't ask me questions about it, because I've got no funny follow-up outside of the cheap wordplay. I was trying to think of one, too. Yeah, don't. Don't, because I've got nothing. 
Me neither. Jonathan Holmes. Yeah, I just not related to H.H. H. Holmes, I hope. America's first serial killer, Jonathan. Oh, that's right. The he torture the doctor. I don't think I'm related to him. I hope not. He is be- widely recognized as the first. See the guy in Chicago with the hotel? Yeah, he had, I believe, like torture rooms and shit. Wow. That's yucky. Damn uh, right. You I- know what? That's the thing. If you're going to. That just goes to show he's not just a pioneer, but, I mean, how many other serial killers can claim to have had, you know, like an intricate torture room scenario in their own hotel with uh, a secret passageway? I believe he was a surgeon, if I'm not mistaken. He was a doctor, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so he knew and, what he was doing. Just just really, really impressive. Every, all the serial killers, the budding serial killers, really should bone up on their history because this guy did it right, right out the gate. Yeah. Well, yeah, serial killers. If you listen to Potter right now, you need some more, oh, come on, let's more, be more help about killing people. You should go study other killers. Well, Hamza, let's be all let, you can be. Let's be fair, right? I'm willing to bet a disproportionate amount of serial killers or soon-to-be serial killers listen to Podtoid. Well, and what yeah. are we? What are we here for if not to provide a service uniquely tailored to our listeners? But I think we're in a, a good position here. Um, to carry on the good work that Dr. Holmes started, because we also... <laughs> we also <laughs> don't worry, Jonathan. Because, right, let's, let's look at what we've got compared to what Dr. H.H. H. Holmes, the torture doctor, had. Hey, we've got someone whose name is Holmes. True. Right, what's your name, Jonathan Holmes? My name is Jonathan Carl Holmes. That proves it. So oh. we have got jo- Jonathan Holmes... Right? Yeah. And yeah. what is your profession, doctor? Uh, I am a licensed independent clinical social worker. Surgeon. So we have got Dr. Holmes already, not to mention the hotel that we're going to be opening. What? Right? Jonathan, you know how you've got like an apartment where you live, right? Yeah. <laughs> I do. Yeah. Not anymore. Ugh. It is now a hotel. And the, the best thing is, because I know you've always been upset about my ideas, right? About, oh, we can't turn my house into a brothel because you can't replace a door with cornflakes boxes and build a bar and a functioning piano and cowboys, right? Don't even have to do anything. We just let people live in your house. <laughs> did you? You had a similar idea to that. Um, where You actually it, did. Yeah. I mean, not that similar. It was a saloon. Yeah. People could just be in my house. People could just be in your house, right? But, now you want them to just live in my house. Yeah, but there was one difference between that scenario and this scenario. What's that? That scenario didn't have you cutting people. <laughs> so, so I both take the risk of letting strangers live in my house for some nominal fee... And I also kill them now, or cut them at least. Someone is like moving their bookshelf or something. Oh, really? Yeah. Can you hear that? Sorry. I think it. I think it is Jonathan because I can see the little blue thingy flash on his thingy when Uh, he does a thing. Or maybe maybe he was like cutting something right now. He might be practicing. Yeah. Yeah. Happening now. Yeah. So Jonathan. Yes. Would you like to be Doctor Holmes too? No, I don't. I hate hurting people even... I hate hurting their feelings, let alone... You know, this would make a great game. 
Out of all the, the suggestions, I think this would be a cool game. Like, like let's someone could take Splatterhouse and and change the main character into Jonathan Holmes and yeah. have him going around the levels killing killing little babies. And we could say, you know, we could call it Jonathan Holmes based on a true story. Yeah, that'd be great. Because you have killed like five babies. I feel like I did something bad to you sometimes. Like, <laughs> Or something, I just don't know I did it because I accidentally do bad things. I don't mean to, and I just want to apologize for whatever it was, so you can stop. Like last week, you were saying I was gonna render people's genitalia and like actually. It was just an idea. It's the summer, Jonathan. I'm coming up with activities so you don't just sit there watching Heathcliff every day. Because I, really, I assume you go on summer holidays for six weeks like children at school, and I, you've got to do something to do. I can't afford to send you to a camp, Jonathan. I can't afford to send you to, like, scout camp. I'll come up with ideas so that you don't just watch Heathcliff. I'm 35 years... Why would you send me to camp? I, you're not even my dad. I, I'm I, your legal guardian. You're not. That's a really... How, how am I not? That's true. Therefore, you are. <laughs> exactly. If you're not, then you are. Yeah. You, <laughs> you can't prove that I'm not your legal guardian. I can't find a piece of paper that's signed by a judge that says Jim Sterling is the one person who is not <laughs> Jonathan Holmes' guardian. Therefore, you are one of them. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. There's no footage of me like on camera saying that I'm not your legal guardian. Therefore, clearly I must be. And that's why, instead of having you sit and watch Heathcliff every morning, and followed by Eek the Cat, I'm going to come up with fun ideas, none of which you like. I really like Heathcliff and Eek the Cat a lot. And do you remember the uh, the cat who was like Heathcliff but was not him? Riff Raff, I think his name was. Who, it's so weird, like Heathcliff had a non-anthropomorphic white uh, furred cat girlfriend who's just like a pudgy cute girl with uh with long eyelashes and then riffraff had like this shapely buxom walking on hind legs uh cat woman thing you remember all that guys yo no 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 top cat was the shit it was all about top cat top cat was legit yeah top was... cat was just a ripoff of phil silvers though like almost everything hanna barbera ever did they were either ripping off other people's shit or they were ripping off themselves. They they were zingaing it before Zynga, Zynga did it. They did it. I fucking I make you right on that. Hanna Barbera. I hate Hanna Barbera. I oh. honestly, I can't fucking stand them, and I'm glad they're dead. Oh. Hanna Barbera, right? Shameless, self-plagiarizing, unoriginal. Let's get all of our ideas from dead and dying celebrities. Ah. Oh. Uh, and they weren't funny. What the fuck was Scooby-Doo supposed to be? It wasn't scary, and it wasn't funny. It was just a dog. <laughs> and they thought that was so good, they then did it again, but with another dog. And then they did it again, but this time with a ghost cat. Blue Club, and then Funky Phantom? Is that Funky Phantom? Funky Phantom. Yeah. The, the only funny, sh decent show they had was Tom and Jerry. And even then, they fucking copied that with the I hate Mises to pieces one and uh, then did Tom and Jerry kids and Flintstones kids and a pup named Scooby-Doo it's like oh let's we've got all of these shitty fucking cartoons now we're gonna have fucking kid versions of it 
that was already for kids. I mean, they were kid shows, and then, well, they weren't strictly for kids. I guess Flintstones. Exactly. It's like it was the, let's have the exact same show, but they're shorter, so we don't have to draw them so much. We can save ink there. <laughs> I like Jabberjaw. Come on, don't throw the baby. Jabberjaw. That was another comedian. That was what's his face, Rodney Dangerfield. Oh, I thought that was Curly from. Um... I think it was both. I think because he said I, I ain't got no respect from Rodney Dangerfield, and then the rest of it was just being the three stages. That's good stuff. Come on. It's, not, it's someone else's good stuff that they then showed to children, mm-hmm. so that the kids would give them credit because the kids ain't gonna know. The kids ain't watching Rodney Dangerfield. They're not watching Phil Silvers. They're yeah. thinking that Barbara came up with all that shit, and they just sit back and laugh and collect the doubloons. Yeah, it just blew my mind. I never, re- never like pro- thought that right. they were just spoofs of actors. Flintstones is just honeymooners, except with uh, a shower that's a giant it's, purple. Yeah, oil. it's it's what it is. It's yeah. they're worse than impressionists. The comedian, like com- comedy impressionists, and I fucking hate impressionists. They're oh, worst. Yeah. Well, who's an impressionist these days? Does anyone even do that anymore? No one with some. No one with an, a modicum of class. I don't mind the occasional like impersonation within a bit, but if your whole idea of comedy is, wouldn't it be funny if this celebrity worked in a restaurant? Ha ha ha! I'm just saying what they say in a restaurant situation, like that fucking Mad TV shit. Oh. That the fucking the the cartoons that they make and watch, that they put on Cartoon Network when I'm just trying to watch regular show and Adventure Time like a normal adult. And they fucking intersperse it with mad, which is let's have pop culture references that are too old for the kids to get and put them with jokes that are too dumb for the adults to laugh at. Because that'll fucking work. And the kids, of course, they got no fucking taste. They've got absolutely no sense of distinguishing between actual humour and just a load of fucking shit. So they just watch it and go, (laughs) and clap like that, while they see a cardboard cutout of Mel Gibson's face dancing around in a laundrette or something. And they don't even know who, they don't know why that's funny, because they don't know who Mel Gibson is. And people like me who know who Mel Gibson is, we're not finding it funny, because there's nothing funny about him just standing around in a fucking laundrette. Malcolm in the Middle Earth, though. Hilarious. Never say that phrase again. (laughs) That phrase, what you just said, Uh is everything that's wrong with American culture. Right there, summed up in those few words. Malcolm in the... Middle Earth, huh? Get it? Because you know, Middle Earth is uh, a Tolkien reference. Malcolm in the Middle a very topical show. It's hot right now. It's, it's worth the spoofing. It's worth spoofing. Every, everyone involved in the writing of Mad, right, can eat a sandwich with powdered glass in it. Wow. <laughs> I don't like it that much. Uh, I just like the show. Yeah, with the but, exception but, of Sergio Oreganis, who will always be funny no matter what he applies his pen to. Mm. Well, the the magazine was good growing up. The magazine hasn't been good since Gaines died. Oh yeah, yeah I, I, I read one of the magazines because I, when the magazines were more popular, I was still in England, so we didn't really get them over there. But I knew someone from Scotland who had one, and they let me read it. I didn't get a single fucking thing in it. 
It's that Mad Magazine and American Late Night Talk Show hosts. They are two cultural barriers I don't think I'm ever getting through. I do not understand them. Well, and Mad was always really mostly poking fun at pop culture. Uh, occasionally they would get a little political, but for, you know, by and large they did parodies of TV shows and movies and crap like that where if you weren't familiar with it to some degree, you weren't going to get the joke. So that's completely understandable. I, I can see why a non-American reader of Mad would find absolutely nothing entertaining in it. And I think anybody who's read an issue of it past 1999 probably have the same. <laughs> I, I would understand that too. Your voice is getting so deep. You sound so strong. I am a manly man. Me wow. man. Yeah. This, yeah, this man. manly man is going to get married this weekend. Oh, yeah. To, oh, God, to, on to, Sunday, oh. I know. Her, wow. The in-laws arrive today at some point, I guess. I feel it all around me. I feel it in manhood. That's a romantic wedding if, song. If Podtoy readers want to want to con- get something for Conrad for his wedding, he has a registry out there somewhere. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, no. Um, Katrina has a blog, and there's a registry on there. And if, yeah, if you want to do that, that's uh, thank so you. The blog again, Conrad. Uh, it's KatrinaGetsMarried.com. She just updated it the other day. I haven't even really looked at what it was. She got up here something about um, oh the dinner party instead of the rehearsal dinner. Yeah, I I don't know. We were gonna suck out crawdads. Oh, yucky. Is that fine? Oh, you you going to suck out, suck out crowd heads? Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. So you're having a full-on proper wedding with a service and everything? Well, I don't know how proper the service is. I mean, we've, we've sort of blocked it out. The service will take less than 10 minutes. It, there's no prayer in it. There's a, a brief, I guess, um, I don't know what you'd call it, like a... I don't know, like a, not, not a dedication, I don't know. The guy we have who's uh, sort of doing the ceremony for us, he's officiating, he's a friend of ours from back home, and uh, he's the only spiritual dude we know at all, and he's like an alchemist. <laughs> Are you going to uh, spin uh, feathers into gold? No, no, it's it's not like that, it, you know. He's, but, uh, I mean, that's... What, are you back in the jet engine? Jonathan, nope. Jonathan, my lovely friend, if you're going to type, uh, mute your microphone. I'm not typing at all. What were no, you doing? You are, you know, back. He's, he's still practicing cutting bodies. Apparently. I hope so. I hope so. I don't know what kind of magic is I happening. need surgical precision when you're getting me them livers. What's happening? Oh. But anyway, the, the, the ceremony, it's, a, it's a, like a real simple thing. We're basically shaking hands and signing the marriage certificate, and then we're out to eating and drinking and, and hanging out. We don't want to burden anybody with some monotonous, awful thing. I always hate weddings that are very long. Not, I mean, every wedding I've ever been to has been really lovely, and I had a great time, and I was really happy to have been. <laughs> so <Nice> anyway. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I'm not really into these things, and I haven't really had to have a lot to do with the planning of it, which is great. Katrina's sort of done all that. She's awesome at that stuff, and so I hope when it all goes horribly wrong, she's not too upset. And um, yeah, it, it should be it should be good. Are you guys gonna do a honeymoon? I don't think so. I don't, we've talked about it, and it's just not a good time because she needs a job. Hey, you know what? Yeah, screw the registry. If you have a job for her. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think we're going to hold off. We'll probably go up to the coast, take a, like a three-day weekend at some point, but we're not going to make a big thing. Um, it'll probably be in a couple of months. 
Cool. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. I didn't know how interesting that was going to be to anybody. It's, it's super. You're getting married, man. That's that's yeah, a big yeah, thing. Yeah, but I mean, it's a seven-year relationship, and we've been engaged for four of those years. Like this isn't this is a formality. Like we're no, literally. You want to do something interesting as a part of this whole thing? Talk about how you proposed to her. Yeah, no, I don't think I, that's something I can put on the internet. Did you? <laughs> oh, you used to. Did you carve I, it on your flesh? Yeah, I did a place where I was, felt it was fairly likely nobody would keep logs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, if you've seen the uh, SNL digital short "Dick in a Box," I mean, that, there you go. You want to date how old this <laughs> relationship is? Uh, how long ago I proposed? Um, there's that. It's like Justin Timberlake, Andy Samberg. It's uh, on YouTube. You can find it, Dick in a Box. And basically, they instruct viewers on how to get a woman romantically interested by putting a, your penis into a box and having them open it and discover the penis inside. Um, and so I did that uh, with the engagement ring. And so I got a box and I put it around my waist and I, you know, had a false layer in the box that had the engagement ring. And I, I suppose if she had wanted to dig further, she could have found the penis, but she was just so struck by the ring and uh, this was on april fool so you know she had absolutely no idea what to expect because that's the last time you want to do something genuine it worked for me um but, oh uh, conrad conrad hmm. right oh god the night before the wedding please say april falls <laughs> please say april falls laugh and run out the room shouldn't i just and do it for like wouldn't that be the bigger laugh like, you, then you have an audience. Yeah, but then it looks like you're doing it. I, 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 I'm going for, like, actual psychological damage here. Um, oh, yeah, that won't be psychological damage. Because then it looks too much like a joke, and people will laugh and go, ha, ha, ha. But then if you get right up in her face <laughs> the night before, don't even, actually, don't laugh. Just say, like, just say April Fool's with a really serious look on your face. Walk out the door and disappear for the whole night. Oh my god. And just turn up in the morning and say, wake up, lazy bones, let's get married. <laughs> yeah, on the one hand, I think that's very funny. And on the other hand, <laughs> she has a really bad memory. And she might not have, it might be too subtle. <laughs> like, if I just, you know, roll up on her and say, April Fool's, <laughs> she might have no idea what I'm referencing, especially since it's August. Hmm. We might case, need to develop case, this out, yeah, but I like where you're coming yeah. from. I appreciate the effort. Mm, it, yeah, mm, God, you're gonna have to just jilt her. You're gonna have to marry someone else <laughs> the night before. I just run off, find some other, like, like go get someone who needs a green card, mm. and just real quick get hitched. Yeah, I know. Wow. I, I, I've got a minister. They'll do it for you in like five minutes. Yeah, yeah, I'd have to do. I'd have to do it in in uh, like Nevada. I'd have to like fly to Nevada where they don't have a waiting. There's a three day waiting period for a marriage certificate here in Oregon. Ugh. It's like a gun. You know, like what the hell? Right away, I want to be able to make my rash life life altering decision, and I want to make it instantly. Why should I have to sit around waiting three days before it can be all legal and shit? I got tax benefits to reap or something. Damn right. Yeah. And you can't shoot up a skull with a wife. I've tried. It's true. It's true. 
I have seen that tried. It, it's not pretty either. Because there's just a lot of wailing and screaming and gnashing of teeth. Punching. Yeah. So anyway, um, have you played any video games or not? Any of you, I don't care who answers. I've been playing La Mulana, like, a little obsessively. I just picked up the PC remake, and it feels so much more accessible than the, you know, old PC version from several years ago. Um, It worked instantly with a controller, and that's what I look for in a PC game. Can you guys hear me now? Oh, hello. Yeah. I was making all these witty retorts. Uh, we didn't hear any of them. Uh, some no wonder that whole segment was boring. Oh, no, no, it was great. I was saying, ooh, and stuff like that. And, and now it's <laughs> gone. Great contribution. Yeah, it was really hot. You guys would have loved it. Oh, well, sorry. Sorry. Oh, Conrad, I was going to say, you, uh, you're you you're off the market. Did you hear me say that part? Uh, mm-hmm. No, and I oh. guess so. I didn't realize there was a whole market. Yeah, there's a market for you, and you're off it. And uh, then you you also were talking about killing people, who somehow got brought into the mix. I think Jim brought that up, right? Of course Jim brought that up. <laughs> <laughs> and that uh, brings me to the thing I wrote about this weekend. I was going to ask you what you guys thought of it. Um, Philip Zimbardo, a famous uh, sociologist and psychologist, is doing some research saying that uh, men... Or guys, the 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 social construct of, of guys and uh, being a guy out in the world is dying. The the, the idea of die guys dying. You guys freaked out about it? Guys, they're they're just watching porno and uh, playing video games and chatting on the internet. And now they're not out there anymore. They're just in their houses, masturbating and playing about playing video games about elves and stuff. Skyrim. Skyrim's fault. Not getting themselves into positions of power and influential jobs, thus continuing to fuck up in a repeating cycle of misery and, and, and hatred. Yep. No longer inflicting the patriarchy on people, being out on the streets to threaten the safety and security of women on their own. Um, I can't see many negatives to what this yeah. guy's saying. Where's the downside? Well, he didn't say, uh, I think he did allude that it's sad for, <laughs> it's funny, he said, it's sad for women, you know, they want to go out and meet a mate, it's like 50-50, so for every guy who doesn't go out there and, like, be a good guy to date, then there's a lonely woman out there who's missing out on the on love, so... They're not missing anything. <laughs> not really, missing really out. not. Yeah. They're looking out, yeah. I feel sorry for my wife. I have never understood why women are attracted to men. Yeah, it's the worst, right? You're so gross. I'm grateful. <laughs> sure. You know, but... Uh. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense to me. So I, I don't uh, think his research sounds that bad, actually. He's got stats well, I mean, to prove that uh, men are less involved and dropping out of school. Yeah, what's this whole being a guy, though? I mean, I, I've never identified as a guy... Um, and to be honest, a lot of the people who do identify or in Britain um, who identify themselves as blokes, blokes or geezers, um, come across as shaven-headed, van-driving cunts. So uh, I'm quite glad to not be part of, at least, again, just talking from my British experience, um, an archetypal guy um, drinking in Erith pubs and going to the venue up in Newcross 
where the women stand on one side of the dance floor or the men stand on the other side, just leer at each other. Eventually, about 45% of the women will go home with the men and the rest of the men will be left there eating kebabs at the little kebab store next to the new cross, violent, raging boners that they can't now get rid of because they didn't find themselves a fucking life to ruin and will take it out on the weaker-willed men who also failed, and then there are stabbings and punchings. Right. So we might have less of that because... We might have less of that, um... And I went out of my way to avoid that, apart from one evening where, for some reason, I did end up in the venue in New Cross, and it was one of the worst nights of my life. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'm very glad to, to not be out doing the typical guy stuff, because it's atrocious. Do you guys think it's legit that there's few fewer guys going out and doing guy stuff because they're staying home uh, on the internet? I don't know how widespread that is, but I mean, I know, I know that's a that's an issue. That's an actual issue in Japan. Oh yeah, where, big time. Like I mean, like uh, like what what was it? Uh, uh, like pregnancy is down. There's more older people than. Um, I th- actually, there was something I read recently that said uh, there are more adult diapers being sold in Japan than there are baby diapers now. <laughs> that's how bad it is. Yeah, but that's probably not all due to age. Um, yeah. Here's the yeah. thing, though. Here's the yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's so much that, oh my god, the internet's come in and it's making all the men masturbate. I think it's more. Think back to 1920, what was there to do? Mm. Go pub, go courting, wear a bowler hat. They were the three activities you could do in 1920. In 1930, it expanded to go to war. 1950, it expanded to watch Happy Days. That didn't come out. <laughs> 1960, it expanded to have sex while listening to Janis Joplin. Mm. 1970, it expanded to have some LSD as well while you're at it. In the 80s, MC Hammer. Parachute pants. There was a lot to do in the 80s, um, 50% of which ended with AIDS. 1990, you could do all of that, get many, many diseases, also listen to TLC, so that was exciting, Uh, many more television channels, Max Mm -hmm. Headroom, uh, as Conrad will attest to. Max Headroom was 1987. Well, Well, he was still around in the 90s. The 1990 was done. Reruns. (laughs) There were reruns. Shut up. Most of the nineties was TV the reruns in the of... late nineteen nineties. There weren't even enough episodes for the show to go into syndication. Look, it's well, okay. Plenty of Pepsi commercials, though. Plenty. Oh God, no! It was New Coke. You see, Mine's... you're just you're just wrong, wrong, wrong <laughs> in the Max Headroom. We are the worst at Max Headroom talking. So All right, that's well, okay. Pogs. Pogs. There, pogs. You there go. was no Max Headroom, but there were plenty of pogs. There were plenty of pogs in the nineties. Yeah. Pogs, mini boglins. Monster in my pockets, they were still going around. Uh, Werebears. Um, Whoa. Uh, the internet was, was, was being talked about. Uh, computers yeah. were, were pop- growing in popularity. We had Doom, we had Quake coming along. Um, Star Wars Special Editions had come out. Oh my god, it's CGI. I've never seen this before. I hope George Lucas doesn't fuck that up. So there was all this stuff going on. I think what it is is back 
in the under times, in the before years, there was just less to do overall. So you're, you're, you didn't really have much options. Then to go play sports or have a war or wear a bowler hat. Whereas nowadays, I mean, it's not just video games and the internet. We've got all this television. We've got Netflix. Um, there's the club scene. There's a pub in. There's, there's still the old stuff, and there are plenty of people doing it. But there's just so much else to do. There's so much choice. And I think, I think it's just it's helped diversify the human species. There's a lot more to do, a lot more individual tastes are being catered to, whereas back in those days, you know, you you were either a stand-up regular Joe who played sports, or you did nothing. You you know, you you had nothing to do, because there was nothing there for you. Now there are a lot more alternate lifestyles, a lot more individual tastes, they're all being catered to a lot more. Uh, Mm. So there's more to do. I don't think it's so much the dissolution, the, 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 the disbandment of Guy as a concept, more just the diversification of people. Mm. That sounds good. It, it it goes in the face of uh, the whole, just go out there, be hot, be rich, be funny, get a chick to lay down with you and then marry you and then have the kids, have the babies, have those babies. There's more, the there are more hobbies, there are more job opportunities than ever there were, you know, jobs that never existed before. I mean, my job, Conrad's job, Hans's job, like they weren't around in years before um, they've only just been really created um, and a lot in the tech sector has only just been created there's so much more to do so much more stuff that needs doing um, so many more skills that people have now that they didn't have um, way back when so yeah I think this guy's off base I think if anything the man's asking for a return to tradition uh, and that's one thing I've never been fond of I find tradition as a this rigid concept that people have to stick to can be very socially uh, damaging, or at least socially stifling. Uh, so no, I, I even if I agree with his idea that the traditional role of the guy has dissolved, I certainly don't think it's a bad thing, and I certainly don't think it's something to be concerned about, because I, I think the concept of guy is, is outdated. There are so many different types of human. Now, you know, there are certainly different types of women, different types of men, um, a lot more than, a lot more than were catered to. What about the babies? You guys, we got to make babies. We got to go out there, flex our butts, get chicks, getting into it. I honestly don't care. What? I really do not care. The babies, the babies. I'm going to reproduce out of a sense of necessity to perpetuate this set of genes, but that's really it. I'm not... See, I'm not going to procreate mostly to spite my father, so... I don't know, I want kids. That'd be nice. (laughs) Oh, I mean, no, 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 fuck kids. That's that's, that's stupid. No, there's going to be a lot of great things about being a parent. I'm looking forward to, you know, reading them stories and teaching them things and molding um, a a person, you know, totally from scratch because, you know, I mean, you meet people and you can have an impact on their lives and you can sort of push them or prod them or, you know, help them with things and, you know, help them to develop. But it's not the same as having one right from the very beginning. Yeah. You know, 
when everything that you say or do has an impact on their life and just be a fascinating thing, you know, just scientifically to oh, sure. experience. I hear uh, from people all the time that you, what you do isn't quite as important as what people think. There'll be people who have eight kids, they bring them up all the exact same way. Two of them are in jail, two of them are lawyers, you know, the other two are, you know, off in Madagascar somewhere, just feeling things out. So yeah, yeah I mean, that's that's the old I'm nature. I'm going to do the one. Thanks. <laughs> that's the nature versus nurture thing, though. I think that I think it's a bit of both. I think people are born with a certain type of personality, and that dictates how they react to certain things that happen when they're being brought up. Um, my brother and I had very similar um, upbringings, and I think the way we turned out are a direct reflection of the upbringings we had. But the personalities we had influenced how we dealt with and grew from those experiences. Oh, sure, yeah. But uh, if guys are just jerking off, playing video games, we're not going to have any more babies, guys. Good. They're annoying. They stink of shit, Jonathan. <laughs> babies do? Yeah, they're annoying. Yeah, and they get older. They don't get much better. Neep, 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 neep in your ear. Can I play on the 360 gym? Yes. <laughs> the matter is, is that even if a lot of these men aren't breeding... Plenty of other people are. Plenty of other stupid, aggressive, mindless people are breeding. Uh, so idiocracy has not been prevented by the internet then. That's what I was oh, hoping. it's probably been accelerated. Ah, oh, that's too bad. I was that's really the hoping. Thing. I mean, if you believe in natural selection, which you should because it's real, there are there is a real precedent that, that suggests that idiocracy is a thing that will happen because a lot of the the more educated, smarter people are waiting until they're older to have children than they usually have, like, one or two, you know, and keep it within their means. Whereas um, people in my family um, didn't. <laughs> but you're a smart guy, Jim. You're the smartest guy. Uh, very much anomalous. Uh, I hope you have babies, Jim. I want more Jims. I'm only joking um, about some members of my family. <laughs> have babies though. Just get off the internet. I ain't having babies. Start sticking it in. And I've, got, I've got to raise the, that one. Ah, after I'm he's done. Doing an awful job with this one. He seems like a well tempered young chap. He seems uh, very nice. I'm sure I'm destroying it in some way. <laughs> destroying it. Uh, yeah. Calling it it is one problem. <laughs> I like, hope. Oh, I'm sorry, yeah. I just I, I think children should be dehumanized as much as possible. Um, stripped of identity and personality uh, so they don't get in my way. <laughs> uh, I was going to say before that it seemed like a lot of the worst people ever spend a lot of time on the internet because I just read so many mean things and make me sad. And there's great people too. The four of us are on the internet. So that's why I thought idiocracy might be prevented because the internet seemed to be where all the worst people were going. But maybe they're having sex, too. Um, we also have to understand there's a baseline level of intelligence mm -hmm. necessary to turn the computer on uh, and get on true. the internet. Okay, All of the people who can't figure that out, they're fucking. Yeah, good one. Good one, Conrad. What's the only thing there is to do in this town? Yeah, and that's... It, it makes Jersey Shore people. They're the people who are fucking all the time. 
Jersey Shore people. They're tweeting. Twitter has made it so you can do both. Twitter, yeah, I mean, Twitter is so easy to grasp for those types of people that they that's why there's so many people on it. Um, you know, you can... I can actually, it's gotten to the point where I can look at the trending topics and guess the gormlessness of the Twitter pictures I'm going to see lined up in a column when I fucking click on it. It's a shame, Jonathan, and these are the people having lots of sex. Yeah, I feel sad now. There's and I don't want to have a child and bring it into a world where to. there are lots of Jersey Shore people. That's that would be gotta... child abuse. That, sir, would be child abuse. <laughs> You've got to make them so we can have little yous instead of all little schnookies, or whatever her name is. Schnooky? The war's lost. Schnooky? We already lost the war? Come the war's on. lost. The only thing that's going to save it is if And, and you happen. participated, Holmes. I did. You and your reality television. That was a long time ago. You faced away. Oh, I didn't. You, Pioneer. Yeah. Oh, you no, started the whole fucking trend. You perpetuated it. You lowered the drawbridge and you raised the You are directly responsible for the Jersey Shore. You are Snooky's father. <laughs> I'm not. I'm, you I'm are the sh- progenitor. You are no. the Jersey queen. <laughs> I'm not. I showed up and shows were much nicer then. They, were, they had ideas. Oh, that's how it starts. That's how it starts. Oh, please, said Einstein. I didn't want it bombed on them people. I just made a bomb for a joke. That's exactly what Einstein said. He said he made a bomb for a joke, and then America took it too far. Karl Marx was all, hey, let's all share stuff. Yeah, it sounded great. Yeah, it was a great idea. It is a pretty good idea. Communism, it's all right. It just doesn't work out because people are bad. Oh, I'm going to be an actor, said Ed Norton once. And then we ended up with the room. <laughs> it's all Ed Norton's fault. Oh, poor Ed Norton. His career is kind of sad. He's in the newborn, though. Ah, we should talk about video games. I'm sorry. What, what video games? You were oh, talking Jesus. before about La Mulana. Whoa. Whoa, oh, whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa. We're going to talk about video games? I, okay, I'm sorry, guys. I, uh-uh. I'm not going to be part of this. I, I'm Come fucking on, out. I'll, I'll see you guys later. Next week. Bye. Whoa. Yeah, that's time to go. He really did uh, that. He actually yeah. did have to go, actually. He totally did it. But, yep, so that was great acting on his part, though. But that was oh, fantastic. Um, I'm I cut you off. You are talking about La Mulana, and you can actually play it. Cause oh, it's... yeah. Yeah, now that I've got, you know, the controller hooked up, and it was, like, totally painless, and it just automatically recognized it, I didn't have to dick around to play the game. Yeah, yeah. it was fourteen ninety nine, well spent. Okay. <laughs> Let me tell you. Played, uh, the prior version, the uh, original freeware version. I think it was free. I got it for free, anyway. And it seemed good, but such a time sink and such a such a emotional investment you need to form with the game in order to continue. Have yeah, that? but I think yeah. I need that right now. I think I really badly need that because oh. I just have not been connecting at all with any of the games I've been playing. Oh, really? That's just, just I don't feel invested in them. Sure. Uh, I play them and I'm like, okay, that was a game. You know, yeah. uh, this is making me work to make maps and you know, sort of keep track of things. And I, you know, I have notes that I've taken and stuff because it doesn't retain all the information. It doesn't point me exactly in the direction I need to go. And I'm finding a certain level of satisfaction in that. Um, I don't want all games to be like this. I certain I'm generally the guy who's like, J- just get 
all of the busy work out of my way and let me play the freaking game. Sure. But um, but right now it feels good to just sort of invest in something. Because um, you're getting married. Demanding to me. Yeah, yeah, I guess I guess that I don't know. I that might have. That's where all that. your investment and demand would would go. But it's yeah, you're right. It's just kind of a formality if you've been together for that long. Yeah, it's you know we've got catering things. It basically a lot of Katrina asking me if I think things are okay and me saying whatever you want to do. Right. <laughs> yeah, I might be interested in escaping into the world of La Mulana in, in that uh, circumstance. Yeah. Did I ever tell you how I got married? No, Jim, how did you get married? Alright. We got married in a Ruby Tuesday. Whoa. Mostly because it was near the house, and I would go in there and order what I had at the time a bison burger, and I would say M bison burger. And. <laughs> Everyone would laugh, except for the waiter. Um, oh. So that that was it. We got married by an atheist minister, a friend of ours called Sam. It was near the house. It was done in two minutes. Did he stand up or were he sitting No, down? no. Um, he just said, do you? And I went, yeah. And he went to Alex D, which went, yeah. We signed a piece of paper at a bison burger. And that makes me laugh every time I hear people talk about the sanctity of marriage and and how, you know, it should be taken seriously and traditional. Um, and then I'd think of three atheists marrying in a Ruby Tuesday for no other reason than to make a street fight a joke. That's cute. Yeah, the, the venue for our, our, our wedding is, I guess it was a warehouse or something. What? At one point. Yeah, now, you know, it's, it's some building that's been repurposed and it's an organization and they rent out the space that they have uh i don't know exactly what they do but katrina really likes them and it's a neat little sort of balcony view thing it'll be an outdoor affair and um which you know risk of rain always fun but uh yeah it's not traditional at all and i don't want to do that i'm not i'm so not interested in doing what everybody else has done throughout history like why bother yeah there's no uh no it's because you play Skyrim and masturbate. You're not doing the traditional guy <laughs> thing of getting married in a church with a nice suit. Well, it, it makes me think about religion. I was thinking about religion hard as it relates to video games the other day. You were thinking about religion hard. H hard. Why hard, does hard thinking about religion make you hard? It didn't make me hard. My you said you were hard thinking about it. I was thinking hard about it. Hard thinking. Thinking hard. You know? Anyway. Is it the rigidness of the lecterns? <laughs> it's, uh, it's something to think deeply about, because people take religion for granted, because we, we're brought up to just have it taken as a given that it exists and it's popular yeah. and people like it. We're but done it, talking about video games, listeners, by the way. No, this is um, related to video games. I, is it? Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah. Oh, it's, okay. If you think about a video game, mm -hmm. it's a series of arbitrary rules, usually arbitrary, that you have to follow and you get really invested in this like world that's presented to you. And you feel an emotional connection to it and you feel like it's got a meaning to you on some level, some emotional meaning. Even if it's a you know a simple game of Call of Duty, you still you care what happens in the game. So if you care, then it has meaning. And you want to get to the end goal. And you get to the end goal if you followed all the rules and did everything right as determined by the uh, 
arbitrary standards of the game. It's just like religion. And along the way, you're offered opportunities to give the people running it a lot more money. Yeah, exactly. DLC all the time. Yes, but I think, don't we all... Doesn't Isn't all of this pitched to us as a fantasy, as a fiction, as opposed to religion, which is pitched to us as a reality? I don't uh, know. There's unless, a distinction well, there. Unless David Cage is making it. <laughs> Yeah, in which case, it's not about fun. It's it's more about um, having a terrible time. <laughs> People take uh, the world's video games very very seriously, and they emotionally resonate. In I a did a, a, a feature on that once. Mm, Religious yeah. fundamentalism, I called it. Exactly, exactly. I didn't mean to borrow from your point. No, no, no. It's just I was just adding to yours. Yeah, yeah. We we think a lot alike on this. And in general, religion is kind of, it takes all the power that uh, people, that artists have. Because an artist wants to make something that people are going to think is important and think relates to them and think is worth investing in and even kind of believe in. Um, religion does all of that, but to the benefit usually of the people who are running the particular religion. So The only major difference yeah. is, like your little scientist friend said, Mm-hmm. Games stop people having sex and making babies, whereas religion religion makes the Duggars and their nineteen children, their nineteen scary children. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, that's us uh, judging all religions. Well, I don't judge a religious person any more than I judge someone who really loves Devil May Cry. You know, it's just what you like. That's cool, man. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't have, yeah. I don't harbor any feelings whatsoever towards religions or the religious. I, I, I just don't care. It's your business. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. nice. I can see video games though. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Just, just pointing it out. Um, okay, let's talk about some more video games. Oh sure. Are we let's down see. with that? Yeah. Sure. Are we down nice. with the sickness? I love it. I love Are we the down sickness. with the sickness? Oh my Your god. Mother, get up. Damn I'm right. Sorry. Jonathan Holmes. Yes. Jonathan Holmes. Now, uh-huh. I'm sure you'll agree, because um, we've been talking about love a lot on this episode. We have? I think so. It's been a bit of a romantic love episode. Marriage. Marriage. Yeah, let's have sex. <laughs> no pig. Um, we talk about... <laughs> that was very good. good. Good, I like that. <laughs> Now, I think you'll agree, as someone who has found true love in life, Jonathan, uh-huh. um, that your soulmate, when you find the one, the soulmate, you you almost get a sixth sense about what they're thinking and what they're hoping for and, and what they dream of. Yeah. And Jonathan, as your soulmate, I get a sense of what you hope and long and dream of. Do you? Which is why I agree with you that, yes, we should open our own zoo. Now you're talking about that? I thought you said you wanted to talk about video games. Now. But we are. Now, you know that film? Um, I, it was out recently. I think it's, it came out on Blu-ray recently. I think it's called, like, Honey, Honey, I Blew Up the Zoo. Right, with Matt Damon. <laughs> Matt yeah. Damon, yeah, yeah. Honey, I Blew Up the Zoo, um, in which Matt Damon buys a zoo and presumably blows it up. Uh, I've not seen it. I saw the mawkish, cloying trailer. I heard it was good. But... I thought, because I saw the trailer, I thought that that looks like fun. Okay. 
Now, Jonathan. Yeah, you want to blow up a zoo? Uh, I would like to turn your house into a zoo. Oh. If I may. <laughs> that would be the worst. I just got a new puppy today, and it's already, I feel... Fantastic. One, we've, we've already got one animal. That's a good foundation. That's the jumping off point. Okay. Uh, come to Jonathan Holmes's magic zoo. We'll call it the magic zoo. Um, see exotic creatures from around the world, like dogs. A dog, right? Sure. Now, I know what you're thinking. Where are we going to get the other animals from? No, I'm thinking why I don't want any animals, and I, I can barely handle having... That's what I'm thinking. No. Good I'm question. Thinking, oh, don't do that, yeah? Now, Jonathan, uh -huh. you have appeared on MTV's Boy Meets World. I have. I have not. Or oh, whatever right. it was called. That's right, yes. Uh, which means you are an accomplished actor. Nope. Nope, I'm not. It doesn't matter. Either way, you're going to be all of the animals. Uh <laughs> no. Right? So yeah. here's, what, here's what goes on. Here's what goes down. Um, we invite people by appointment only to come to Jonathan Holmes's magical zoo. Uh, they get to spend half an hour with the dog. Okay. <laughs> look the real dog. The real dog. They can look at it. Um, that's about it. Then we say... They can't they, talk. They can't. My dog loves people. No, I don't. I don't. I would like them to not touch the dog. I don't want to overstimulate them before we bring out the monkey. The monkey. The monkey. Um, what we're going to do is we're going to we're going to knock through one of the walls in your apartment um, and set up a little stage with a cage on top of the stage and a curtain over the cage. Uh -huh. And in that cage is you, naked, right, <sighs> covered. Yeah. In we're basically we're gonna splash treacle on you. Conrad's okay. gonna yeah, Conrad's gonna help. Uh, he and I are going to douse you in a bucket of treacle and then throw barbershop hair at you and some pubes. What's treacle? Treacle, like sticky, chewy liquid. Oh, okay. Sugary. Sugary. Put it in cakes liquid. and things. Oh, like a tree sap. You can make a treacle tart. Oh, I'd like a treacle tart. Yeah, but instead we're going to make you a sticky, hairy chimp. <laughs> that doesn't sound good for me. Why do, Why would I want to do that? Why would you want to do that? Yeah. Because uh -huh. when we lift off the cage and you are <laughs> dancing naked covered in hair, the um, people in the audience, if they pay an extra five bucks, get a, um, a, a small plastic pot full of tiny pebbles that they then get to whoop at the cage. <laughs> I'm telling you, some somewhere along the line, you don't know what happened necessarily, but I did something, said something that made you feel like I've got to hurt him, I've got to stop him, I've got to... So, uh, the, 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 stop him! <laughs> yeah, you're, there's something in you that's like, I must destroy my I'd, friend Jonathan Hall. I'd like you to be something in me. <laughs> but that will have to wait until after closing time because we've still got a lot of animals to show the people. So anyway, so I'm once covered you're in done, welts. yeah. So once you're done, I mean, preferably you'll be dancing up and down, right, going <laughs> like that, uh, while people are throwing small pebbles at you. Um, it's not going to hurt much, um, but they will. 
basically whoever gets you to say ow will win a cuddly stuffed monkey uh, which hopefully you will have bought before we open the zoo because uh, otherwise I'm going to look stupid don't make me look stupid darling um, so then we're going to say did you all enjoy the monkey <laughs> and everyone will say yes yes we did we love throwing stones at it <laughs> so well fantastic because now we're going to have an elephant you idiots I will put the curtain up on top of the cage and say ladies and gentlemen wait for about four and a half minutes and then we'll get the elephant did I say elephant elephant in the cage and then yeah we're gonna get uh paint silver spray paint uh shake that up and spray it all over you um, and especially get it in your eyes so that they don't look human uh, because that would be a dead giveaway uh strap a dildo to your face and then lift open the uh, curtain again. And then we say, ladies and gentlemen, it is an elephant. <laughs> this is sounding very cost effective. It's pretty good, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> and wow. we'll say, and then I'll go, because uh, I'll be dressed up like a ringmaster, obviously. And I'll sniff at the cage and I'll go, pooey, that elephant stinks of fucking shit. That's really mean. That's really mean. I mean, you've already covered me in welts. <laughs> and human hair that you got from barber shops, yeah, and now I've got 24 hours until I'm in the hospital. 24 hours tops. Because <laughs> covering someone in spray paint, of course, it clogs uh, your skin can't breathe, and you start to get really hot and uh, confused. <laughs> I don't. Elephants are hot. They live in the desert. They are hot. They, they live in the Sahara Desert. And I'm blind now. I can't yeah. see ever again because. <laughs> My eyes aren't silver, so that part didn't work out, but you have effectively <laughs> killed my eyes, which may cause some discoloration to them. Because the paint isn't going to stick to my eyes, you see. They're too wet. Yeah. So it's just going to be, like, clogged in my eyelids, just a, yeah. a thick Well, circuit. here's the thing. Mm. Here's the thing, right? Yeah. Because <laughs> I know you're worried. I'm very worried. About yeah. being covered in spray paint. Well, I'll die. Well, why do you think I said that you stank of shit? Because then I will say, Hey, kids, do you want to hose down this disgusting fucking immigrant elephant? And the kids will say, Yes, yes, hose down the immigrant. Hose down the immigrant. And I'll say to them, kids, say immigrant elephant, because otherwise that sounds really fucking racist. And then the kids will be all like, I'm sorry, mate, I'm sorry. So, fine, I don't want to get in fucking trouble because... You know, people have gotten in trouble for that kind of thing. So, um, we'll get a hose, give them to the kids, and they'll hose down the filthy elephant. And the whole yeah, why is it filthy? <laughs> why? I thought I had treacle and body hair. Why do I smell like... The like whole stuff? while. The whole yeah. while, Jonathan. The yeah. parents will be clapping like that, and they'll be shouting, You stink of shit! Why do I stink of shit? I should smell just fine. Jonathan the elephant, you stink of fucking shit. Just because you told them I do, they just think I do after that? <laughs> <coughs> oh, sorry, I've still got that cough. Oh, man. Oh. Yeah. oh, I'm laughing too much. Um, <laughs> but the, it's, it's, called, it's called reverse psychology, Jonathan. Okay. If I tell an audience you stink of shit, they'll believe. They'll start to actually smell it. That's reverse psychology. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. Sounds like more of a mob mentality or like Emperor's New Clothes sort Excuse of thing. Me. 
Well, That's you fun. know when they did the radio broadcast of War of the Worlds? Yes. 30 Yeah, and they said, they presented it like an actual news broadcast, and they said, oh my god, they, the Martians are filling the place with black smoke. And the people listening, who were fucking idiots, uh, thought they could actually, they, they were actually choking on black smoke. They believed it that much. And that's mm. called reverse psychology. Wow. So, I wonder why I've harped so much on the, the fact that people think I smell bad. Because that's the least of my problems at this point. I'm near death well, this I'm is staggering on stage. Yeah, like, but you think I haven't thought about this. You right. think I haven't thought about this. The yeah. reason why I tell them you stink of fucking chunks of shit, right? Because I'll be telling them, like, oh my god, it's like he is covered in chunks of cunting shit, kids. Is <laughs> 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 so that they get the hose and hose down the elephant. Yeah. Clean him of all that fucking smell. And they'll hose you down, which will wash away the paint. How strong is the hose? It's going to be pretty high fucking pressure. I mean, if it's just a... It's a fire hose. It's a a riot hose, essentially. I hope you like the taste of cage. Um, I'm talking about a metal cage, not David Cage. That's next week's idea. So they'll wash the paint off. The kids okay. will hold the, the hose. They'll get blasted back and hit the wall. They'll probably go through it. Um, I would clear some of this with your landlord. Is uh, this happening in my house? Yeah. <laughs> it's happening in your I apartment. I forgot that. They'll spray off all the paint and the hair and the treacle, at which point you will have to hold your hands behind your back and fall on the floor, which, well, that probably won't be my choice, and and while you're wriggling around and writhing on the floor and possibly, like, whimpering in in some sort of, I don't want to say pain, um, more like enthusiastic discomfort, (laughs) I will say, look, ladies and gentlemen, the elephant has gone away. It is a snake one now. And then everyone will applaud and say, God, it's like a fucking magic trick. First there was an elephant. and it, Oh, God, the elephant was smelly. And now it's a snake. So a naked, hairy, vomiting, blind man <laughs> who's got some silver spray paint on him, probably, is just a snake. <laughs> just a dying man. A naked, dying man. You'll be wriggling like a snake. I will be. I'll probably be having seizures or convulsions. No, we're going to need you to do about three shows a night. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, this is a one act. Oh, God, I apologize. I've got to apologize to the audience for my coughing. Um, let's say, I'm, I'm actually over it now, but there's still a lot of build-up in there. Sure. The laughter dislodges it. So anyway, what do we do with snakes? We club them. So, <laughs> at this point, we lift the cage up and drag you out on the floor. And the kids are just invited to, you know, punch and kick you. Yeah. Because we'll tell them this is the snake that tempted Adam. I wonder if I'll even do it. Attempted. Oh, because it's. Yeah, it's. Uh... We'll say, kids, this is the snake that tempted Adam. Yeah, Get happen. that bastard! <laughs> They'll be more enthusiastic at that point. Uh, people love that story. Well, kids imagine when it. kids go home to their mutties and pop-pops, and they say, Mutti and pop-pop, I went to the zoo and saw the snake 
that tempted Adam and Eve. <laughs> I don't know where the kid's from. <laughs> yeah, German and French. Well, who, what others who can promise that? Not only will you see a dog, a chimp, and an elephant, you'll also see the serpent, Lucifer's agent. Wow. And kick the shit out of it. One show only. I mean, I will not. I will be happy to be beaten to death at that point. But you haven't. But we haven't reached the grand finale. We haven't. But I'm dead, or I'm dying. You will be all right. Okay. You'll be all right. You better be because the grand finale is you getting up on your hands and knees and crawling, right? (laughs) You you will have to crawl towards me where my my pants are already around my hands. Jonathan. Why? Why would your pants be on your ankle? So that I could shit on your back. Oh. <laughs> I'm gonna do a load of shit on your back. Is there circus music going on this whole time? Like, yes! It's truly nightmarish. Um, so I'll be doing I mean I'll be honest with you Jonathan I've been saving up this feces I've actually got some in bags like charcoal sacks like what you get at gas stations they're full of shit I do a fresh poo on your back I get the two big sacks I pour them on your back and then kind of slap it in a big pile and then I point at you and say look it's a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle just a shit-covered man? Which you've already accused me of being falsely accused of <laughs> earlier. It's a man. It's you, Jonathan, on your hands and knees with a big shell on your back. Oh, yeah. I'll say, ladies and gentlemen, here is the original Heroes in the Half Shell, Shredder the Turtle. <laughs> and the kids, the kids are gonna... The kids are fucking freaking out at this point. There are ten-year-olds having their first erections. But that's just a man covered in an old feces. I'm not even standing straight up. I'm just it's a hero in a half shell. <laughs> I guess. I and mean, what does I... a hero in a half shell do? Ninja uh, tricks. That's true. And at that point, I hand the kids their throwing stars, and you will catch them. Using the ninja reflexes. Uh, yeah. I mean, a hero is... Some say a hero is just someone who's at a terrible time. <laughs> you know? Like, look at these heroes. They survived all those problems. It'll be at a fire or, you know, a disease or something. They're not heroes. They just didn't die. Which is cool. I, I, I respect that. But, you know, a hero is someone who, who does something uh, for someone else. Like, gives... To yeah. others, and, 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 and I'm giving the greatest gift of all: f- happy, cherished childhood. Some of these kids, Jonathan, yeah, are underprivileged. Oh, they come from inner cities, uh-huh. or families. Yeah, yeah, I feel bad. Some, for them. some of them are Tired? Siamese twins. Oh. Yeah, I mean, some of them are proper freaks. Like long-nosed guys. Long-nosed guys. um, Harlequin, ichthyosis. All kinds of fucked up shit. Long fingers. A lot of long parts of the back. Yeah, so 
there's going to be a lot of underfunded, underprivileged, underintelligent, if I'm to be perfectly honest, children who are relying on you to give them a bit of joy. By having them throw uh, ninja stars at my body and then bloody wounds, feces, blind, sick, dying. Jonathan, I think you're focusing entirely too much on the wounds and the feces and not enough on the smiles. What would you? What, what, what would you focus on? If, if, I'm yeah. I'm focusing on being the ringleader. It's just oh. all about you, Jonathan Holmes. Oh, oh poor it's... little me, poor me, covered yeah, in feces and pain. Every week I have to think about the death and hit with ninja stars. What about these children? And what about every... the work we're Some of them can't in? afford iPods. I'm, I've got to be the showman of the piece. I'm the one doing all the work. Conrad's slaving away. He's the beast master. What does it's that gonna, mean? He's just got a whip or something? He has got a whip! She's, and a chair! He's got a whip and a chair. And the, the big finale is when he breaks the chair over your back, sending the ship flying in all directions. And the kids laugh because, you know, what kid doesn't like poo? Do they know it's poo or do they think it's a turtle shell? At that point, they know. Once it explodes, they say, Ha ah, it was actually poo. I'm a kid. I love poo. And they start splashing <laughs> around in it, throwing it at each other. Some of the dimmer ones will start eating it. But 20 minutes earlier, there, I was ashamed for my poo stink that didn't even exist. And now it's just a poo party. It was, oh, it's great, yeah. Reverse psychology strikes again. Oh, I guess so. Yeah. That is a funny song. Does that yeah. shoot make you feel better about the idea? I every week. I mean, for a while it was like, let's just do a impossible kind of bad idea. No, first it was, you know, let's uh, make you feel uncomfortable by pretending you're an expert on a uh, repulsive subject like um, having sex with children. And then it was, I just want to have sex with you. And then it was, let's just have terrible ideas. And now it's just, let's think about murdering you <laughs> once a week. Let's I don't think want about you murdered. How I will kill you in like in a long, elaborate. I don't want you murdered because you got to do this show three times a day. We're gonna sell tickets like nobody's business. They're gonna sell like hot cakes. I will die though. I mean, are you real with that attitude? With that uh-huh. defeatist attitude, you will die. I promise you that. But if you actually think positive, so if I choose to live, I will survive it. You're saying? Yeah. Love lifts you up That's a great song. I'm a now. I'm gonna move my computer because it's melting my pelvis. Is this okay? Does it sound bad? Um, I'd be quite interested in having you melt your pelvis live on Potter. It's already weird. I'm just focusing on the positives. Yeah. Uh, tell me more about how hot your pelvis is. I mean, I knew that from the start. It's, um, you know, it's got some hair on it, sadly, and it's, uh, got hip bone. I've got a little, little, uh, collection of, uh, tissue. Is that hot? Is that how you turn people on? Oh, oh, bear with me while I get a collection of tissue hearing about this. To get it, Jonathan, I mean, wipe up my spunk or not. Oh, no, I haven't thought of that. Dab it off the end of my, um, penis. Oh, man, I can't believe people are ejaculating all the time. <laughs> so weird, you know, all the time. There's so many people doing it. Like, like, 
People yeah. love ejaculating. They just can't stop doing it. They, they uh, make movies about it. Oh, ejaculate for America. <laughs> America's next top ejaculate. There is a time when that will be a hit. And we will live to see it. Yeah. I look forward to that. Conrad, how are you back there? Um, well, you're kind of in a tunnel. I'm, I'm in a tunnel now? Oh! I don't even know, man. It's, I don't know what to tell you. I should just not talk. I, well, I don't have anything to say. Yeah, I understand. It's it's it renders one speechless. It really does. It really does. I mean, you know, I trust me. I'm interested in in the the torment and misery of of uh, of one person as much as the next. But you know, I got to be perfectly honest with you, John. You're not holding up your end of this. We, we need to... <laughs> I'm not doing a good enough job. What did I do? Right? <laughs> I fucking love it. Being on oh dear! Oh, it makes my Tuesday. Yeah, it is good. Oh, Jonathan. It makes me feel less alone and also totally lost <laughs> and alone without any hope. The more people there are, the more lonely we become. Islands in a sea of consciousness. Yeah, indeed. that was quite poetic, wasn't it? Assuming people like this episode, then I know that. <laughs> what people like is me just being in trouble. They want me to be in peril. I don't think they do. I think they like the idea of you being in trouble. Yeah, um, I don't think anybody actually wants you to be in trouble. It's like Grand Theft Auto. It's like I'm not going to go out and actually shoot an old woman in the head. But it's fun to dream about it. Uh, yeah, I have ambitions. I have pipe dreams. <laughs> I guess it is a... Uh, harmless and fun way to just kind of think about killing a guy. It's a lovely wish. (laughs) (laughs) Tell you what. I tell you what. I'll talk about a video game. You will? Can't wait to hear about it. I'll talk about a couple. Well, Um, please. For the past while, I have been obsessed with scary things. Now, I like horror games. I like horror games. Um, I think I've said on Podsway before that um, I've often been disappointed that a lot of survival horror, as much as I love it, doesn't actually terrify me. Sure. But the indie PC games, the mods and the freewares and the betas that have been coming out and growing in popularity, some of them are truly amazing. Some of them are absolutely riveting. Um, This weekend I played Slender. Uh, A lot of these... um, a lot of PC players will have heard of all these. Um, I've heard of them for a long time, but I only really got re- I only really had the chance to play them recently. Um, mm. So I played Slender, which is based on the Slenderman legend, um, and that whole thing. The internet has, has started to create its own mythos, um, whereas urban legends before were passed down in folk tales and just word of mouth and things people said in school. Now it's happening on the internet, and there's the Slenderman which started on something awful and talks about this featureless tall creature that wears a business suit and has impossibly long arms and legs and hangs around silent in the forests. And there are some wonderful YouTube videos on it. Um, and there's this game that's based on a lot of this Slenderman stuff. And the game is simply put, um, there's very little to it. You walk in a forest, a very dark forest, and there are pages plastered on walls around this forest. There's things in there, like a, a, 
an empty house, an old run-down truck and stuff. And as you collect more pages, it, more and more spooky stuff happens. You hear all these like scary ambient noises and stuff. And eventually the Slender Man appears. And every time, every time they're, they're, it's, it's played in first person, and every time your camera like, just focuses on him, there's this huge discordant violin shriek, and, and it is fucking terrifying. I don't mind saying. It is horrifying. Um, and the more you look at Slender Man, the more your sanity drains, and then you go insane and die. Um, so the idea is to collect these pages without looking at Slender Man. And he's got ways of making you look, because he can appear at any point. And so that's what you do. And that. What is it like when your sanity drains? You know, I feel pretty strongly about sanity not being a thing and just kind of. I mean, it's, it's a gameplay mechanic. It just. It's, it's more based on. Um, again, the Slender Man legend is this idea that he can distort um, camera footage and, and technological things. Okay. So a lot of static and stuff and broadcast. So that's how it's represented in the game is. The more you look at him, the more the, the screen kind of breaks apart and you get mm. static noise and, and everything. And, cool. and yeah, I mean, it's it, very basic. It's in beta. The graphics are not much, um, but that doesn't harm it. I think that's the, the amazing thing about these games I've been playing is they are not pretty at all. But mm. if anything, that enhances it. It gives it that old school budget. I, I find Hollywood horror not very scary at all. It looks too pretty. It looks too mm -hmm. fake. Sure. Um, some of the old 70s, 80s horror movies, they terrify the shit out of me because the shit that's happening is real. It looks kind of silly, and I've often said before that silliness has its own breed of scariness to it because something that looks silly and yet is threatening, to me, is horrifying. Oh, sure. Terrifying. I think that's why people are afraid of clowns a lot. It's why Jacob's Ladder, I think, is an effective film because the, sh the monsters in Jacob's Ladder look stupid, but they're threatening. And that doesn't work. And it's kind of wrong and creepy. And that's how Slenderman works. Like, taken at face value, Slenderman looks kind of silly. But the fact it's such an intimidating presence makes you more and more paranoid and horrified and, and all this shit. So I played that. That is excellent. Slend the game's called Slender. Uh, also... Hmm? I was just going to say, it sounds like without... Because I've watched video of that game without the, with the sound off. And it didn't do much for me, but the way you describe the sound design... Like yeah, sound design it. has a big part of it, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's true of a lot of horror games, unless you kind of hit people on their subconscious, and sound can do that a lot more easily than visuals, I think. Yeah. Because it hits you in ways you don't realize it's hitting you, and it's more uh, in the background. Yeah. Anyway, it sounds great. Yeah, and um, the other one I've been playing was uh, SCP-087, uh, I believe. Um, now, SCP, that's something I've been getting into recently. Again, it's something uh, other interneters will have heard about a long time ago. Um, it's basically like a wiki of phenomena that have been captured and contained by the fictional SCP group uh, foundation, um, which stands for, I believe, Secure, Contain and Protect. And you look at this wiki, these pages are all full of these weird creatures and weird objects that they found and contained and the pages are written in this professional way with redacted pages blacked out names so it looks very government and and spooky and classified and conspiracy type stuff mm -hmm. uh, it's it's great fun i believe the um, the guys at rock paper shotgun described it as um let's pretend it's real even though we know it's not 
which I think has been the basis of a lot of horror films with like Blair Witch and Paranormal Activity and all that stuff. Um, so one of these SCPs is zero uh, eight seven, which is a flight of stairs in a high school, which they've locked. Um, with an electronic lock, but disguise, it disguised the door so it looks like a normal janitor closet, so people pass by it every day. But inside is fucked up shit. Oh. And it's this staircase that goes down for an indeterminate length of time, and there's a face in it that follows and looks at you, and there's a voice of a child screaming for help, but no matter how far down you go, it always sounds like it's the same distance below you, like about 200 feet. Uh, just in first person as well. So. And the game version of it, because like I said, this is this is all stuff on the wiki, um, ah, okay. and the game is based on it. So that's your descent into SCP eighty seven. So you go down these stairs, and that's all the game is. You know, it's it's no more interactive than something like Dear Esther, which I have slagged off in the past. But the game, the interacting, the interactive element comes from the fact that just this phenomena is happening to you. It's not like Dear Esther where you're just walking and observing. Mm. Things in here are, you know, they're designed to scare you, not just relay information. Mm. And it, again, like, graphically, it's really not much. It's in beta. It's it's far from perfect. Played it last night in my office with the door shut, all the lights off, total darkness, volume up loud. I ran out the office when I was done and was like, nope! It's <laughs> it's fucking great. It's fucking great. And just the noises and the, the thing that jumps out. And the game can end in many random ways. You never know when it's going to end. You could, you could die on the 14th floor, or you can go down, like, 20 levels, maybe even 30 levels, and something will get you. Like, the first time I fell down a hole and died. Uh, the second time this face uh, flashed up in my front of my eyes and didn't appear again for, like, 10 flights of stairs. All the while, though, I'm now shitting myself. And in true, like, Hitchcockian-style horror, it's even scarier when nothing happens. Because oh, then yeah. it's like, well, nothing's happened. It's got to be down the next flight of stairs, and then nothing happened. You get more and more paranoid, sure. and then just when you're a fever pitch, then the shit hits the fan. Um, so yeah, they're they're two games that I highly recommend. Uh, one to keep an eye on is is just called Paranormal. I played the beta of that today. It's very rough that one, um, but it's basically a haunted house simulator. Um, based on films like Paranormal Activity, you play a guy who is holding a video camera, capturing phenomenon to prove that he's not crazy. Um, mm. And you run around this house. It's an artist's house, so it's already full of weird shit, um, like those wooden um, dolls that they use to pose to get the human oh, okay. form. Artist model dolls. Artist model dolls. So they pop up. You know, you'll open a door, and one that wasn't there before will suddenly be stood there looking up at you. Um, the smoke alarm will go, you'll run down the stairs, you'll find a whole chain of the models holding hands around a fire where they've set fire to one of your paintings. Um, mm. Blood will come out of the sinks. All this kind of... Some of it very hokey stuff, some of it very, you know, jump-scary. I know a lot of people aren't fond of jump scares. Um, but if you just want a fun, haunted house, um, make yourself scream and jump a few times, it's definitely got the stuff. Can you, in any of these games, can you defend yourself in any way? Um, 
No. I don't think so. The, yeah. the, the main defense in Slender is, you know, don't look at him. Um, in SPC, you're fucked. <laughs> you know, you will be killed. It's just a matter of when. It's right. These games are more designed almost to... I mean, it, it just appeals to that instinct we have. It's, it's why we watch horror movies. You know, people like the, the thrill of being scared. It obviously releases something in our brain. You maybe know more about it than myself. Um, mm. But that's what it is. It's just there today. And it's very effective, and they. I'm. I'm finding it thrilling, and I'm really looking forward to. I'm going to give Cry of Fear another chance as well. That was a lot more game-like. That had combat and stuff in it. Um, but what little I played was very scary. But I found that the combat was too clunky for me to enjoy. It's like I get that horror games have clunky combat, but that that seemed to force combat on you, and it wasn't fun. Um, but I did love the atmosphere. Again, just so low budget, but they got the atmosphere just right and in, to the point where it doesn't matter. And if anything, the low budget makes it scarier because the shit just looks more demented. Yeah, um, yeah. there's just a feel-bad look to those kinds of graphics. Yeah. Yeah, you want to feel bad in a game like that. It sounds and, like they really respect the player's capacity to just get by on curiosity. Like so many games, like, oh, if we don't reward them with a milestone and make them feel as though they're empowered and they've learned a new skill and they won't keep playing. But if, if you if you have a sense of curiosity, and I think a lot of people who are willing to play video games do have that because they're curious about what they can discover in a world instead of just having the world presented to them, then you're going to play a video game that, that um, kind of appeals to that side of you. And all of those games have me, just hearing about them has me really curious. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, some of these games, you know, there's no real interaction with them. Um, but, say, with Paranormal, part of the challenge is seeing how much fucked up stuff you can find in a night. You know, you've only got a limited amount of life on the, the camera's battery with which to record this shit. It's almost like a, like a haunted Pokemon snap, um, except instead of recording cute little creatures, you are trying to capture as much fucked up shit that you don't want to see because it's too scary uh, mm. on film. Uh, I think that, that particular game's got a long way to go before it'll get truly scary, but I love the groundwork they've laid. I think done right, that could be magnificent. Yeah, it sounds exciting. I'm glad that this is... Uh, because I think this scale of game in general, one thing they can do with that uh, that scale, that size and budget is... Um, take risks and, and uh, appeal to the, the people who are going to play a video game regardless of how much it kind of fits their preconceived notion of what a game can be. So it sounds like they're running with that and succeeding really good. Yeah, I mean, that's true of a lot of PC development. It's yeah. These guys aren't investing millions and millions of shareholder dollars into games. They can take as many risks as they like, and a lot of them are getting rewarded for it, which is fantastic to see. Yeah, yeah that's beautiful. That's good news. That's fun. I'm glad you found some fun horror games. I'm still playing a little bit of Fatal Frame uh, 2, Wii Edition, and it's not as scary as those games you're talking about. And it's fun, and it appeals to your curiosity like the games you're talking about, but uh, not quite as original. Um, yeah, it's just ghosts. Ghosts, you feel bad for them, but you also are scared of them. It's an interesting kind of split there between uh, pity and fear. It's fun to go between those emotions, but overall, it's ghosts. Yeah. Should I do questions? You want questions, you guys? What do you want? We can do some questions. Yeah, why not? We can do some questions. I wonder if we'll get 
I'll get some. I'll see. People are excited. They were asking me questions before I even asked. Something about Final Fantasy thirteen too. Yeah, Samson Jinx, who is the 1080-bit gamer, asks, uh, what does Final Fantasy thirteen two, and now the redone version of Final Fantasy fourteen, indicate about the working of Square Enix at the moment? Do you think that indicates anything new? Nothing, yeah. nothing new. I well, think it think just reconfirms a lot. They need what? to fucking stop. Square Enix needs a year where it just doesn't announce anything and it just gets rid of its shit that it's got to get done. Mm. It's ridiculous. I mean, there's a reason why that Final Fantasy XIII versus cancellation rumor was so easy to believe. Mm -hmm. Because Square Enix have eyes bigger than their belly. They announce too much shit. I think they spend more time coming up with waffling, pompous, made-up words for their game titles than they do actually developing the games themselves. And while they're at it, stop with these fucking portable Kingdom Hearts games. Yeah. I wanted Kingdom Hearts 3 so badly for the past few years, but I feel burnt out on the series. When did Kingdom Hearts 2 come out? Was that 2006? It was, it was a, I was still in England, I know that much. Yeah, yeah. I think it was around when Final Fantasy Versus Thirteen was yeah. announced, which was before the PlayStation Three even came out. Yeah, it was one of the tail end PS Two games, but before the PS Three release. Yeah, it was remember. ridiculous. And all I wanted for us was Kingdom Hearts Three, uh, but they were then released all these fucking portable ones with their stupid names. They're kind of fun though. I played. But the, the PS4. story. The story yeah. has gone out of control. It's been six years. Yeah. Oh, man. Six years, and you'd think I'd be starving for a new one after a six-year wait, but with these stopgap games they've released, they've just made me hate the series more and more, just resent it. And it's I've been playing a little bit of the new one, Dream Drop, whatever it's, it's called, Donkus or whatever. The 3Ds, it's 3Ds. Oh, fucking Square Enix can suck 3Ds. <laughs> yeah, I just realized there's the PSP one, the 3DS one, the DS one, and then... And just every game, they two add... Two Game Boy Advance ones, I think? So there's like almost three times as many spin-offs yeah. as actual games. And with each game, they add more just ludicrousness to the story. More just pointless, quasi-philosophical horseshit that comes out of their mouths. Maybe I am everything, or maybe I am nothing. <laughs> that meant something, probably. Heart darkness, heart darkness. Um, they've added more weird game mechanics that nobody wants. I thought with this one, I was playing... <laughs> I was playing fucking dildo dick dance-off, and it felt... I was in Traverse Town, and they were playing the old music, and I thought, this is great. This is just like the, oh, no, here we are. Touch the touchscreen and flick the thing and catapult the thing and press this button to do a wizzo magical superpower awesome attack. And They're kind of cool, series, though, right? That series farts into wine glasses and drinks its own farts like Chardonnay. And I love it. This is coming from someone who loves Kingdom Hearts. I love the first game, I love the second game. And then somewhere off the, the track, they went mental. Mm, yeah, they got mad with that. They got so far up their own fucking ass. 
The games are still kind of fun. I like the, the DS one. I just stuff. don't have the energy for them. Yeah. yeah. They're not badly made games, though. I don't know. Not badly made. I just, I, just, I just want them to shut the fuck up and give me Kingdom Hearts 3. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. And uh, they're hoping that a lot of people feel that way and will still buy Kingdom Hearts 3 when it does come out someday. Yeah, assuming it does. Um, I, I still don't think Final Fantasy Versus 13 is going to be... Final Fantasy versus 13. They confirmed that the game is still, it still exists, but they didn't confirm that that's still what it's called. The 13, at least, will probably go. It's hard to imagine. I can't see the advantage to keeping the 13 name at this point. Yeah. In the series. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see though. Well, Especially with the way they've, they make it sound like a full normal Final Fantasy game of its in its own right. Well, it doesn't play anything like Final Fantasy Thirteen. It has none of the same characters. It's got. It doesn't have the same art direction. I mean, it literally has nothing. Yeah. I don't know why they did that anyway. Why they gave us this Fabula Nova Crystallis Peppermint Pringle bullshit? <laughs> again, again, it was just because they love making up words. I I think it was they wanted because Final Fantasy once you reach thirteen it's like all right we get it we know what these games are they're like oh nope we're doing something different this time our next game is actually three games that's how important it is to us that's how much confidence we have in it that we're gonna hedge our uh, thirteen I mean uh, hedge three different games hedge the budgets of three different games that's what I was guessing but that totally went to to pot you know what yes yeah. The PSP one is now called Type Zero, I think. Type Zero, yeah. Yeah, it's not even coming out here, I guess. It was, it was Sorry. stupid. It was stupid. It's what they do, like they did with the compilation of Final Fantasy VII. Just Whoa. sheer overindulgence. Can you hear a large engine going off right now? I can, yeah. Okay, I gotta stop that. Here's a question. In the meantime, uh. Any, uh, oh, that's not a good question. Sorry, Silky Pryor. It's about Sega. There's nothing to say about Sega. Um, is there anything to say about Sega? I don't know, Conrad? Sega? No. No, I mean, I, there's, I, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that, that the Sega Vintage Collection is slowly making it out. Um, somebody on Twitter, I can't remember who it was the other day, said, can we all just admit that Sonic wasn't ever a really good game? And I was like... Aww. I thought it was a good uh, concept, and some of the local design in the early games are right, but uh, yeah, it is proportionately loved more than I think it deserves. You know, it's Ugh. funny too, because like of all of the mascot characters Sega attempted to have with the Genesis, Sonic was the one I cared the least about, and he became, you know, greatly popular. But I mean, like, Green Dog was great, Toe Jam and Earl were great, even Chakan was interesting to some mm. extent. Yeah, that was the Iron Maiden guy with a hat and sword, right? The Forever Man. He oh, got yeah. two swords and got the most clunky gameplay. Really fascinating game. And you could like you could see the genesis of the Genesis X Man game X Men game in it. Yeah, sorry. I know it was. I didn't mean to, but but yeah, you could see like the early seeds of the X Men game for Genesis in Chacon, kind oh. of. Like, it feels like much the same game if you play the one. The X-Men game was by Capcom, wasn't it? No, I think so, yeah. It just feels very similar for some reason. I can't help but think they were inspired by it. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, Sega. One thing I think needs to be pointed out is it's really not some great, clever, unique act of rebellion to say that Sonic isn't good. No. 
like for the past few years it's become actually quite trendy to say that so oh. the whole can we just admit that uh, Sonic wasn't very good <laughs> it's um it's it's I mean, not I, I some great social step I was never forward. good at it I sucked at it it moved too fast and it didn't seem like my actually it, it didn't seem fair in the sense that my actions were if I saw it quickly enough I could make an adjustment and correct and continue playing a lot of the yeah, time. It's a lot of gotcha moments. Right. Um, it's a lot of, even, like... And, like, people accuse Mega Man of, you know, level memorization, but my god. Like, no. I could make it through a level, uh, level of Mega Man with much better odds than a level of Sonic on my first go. Yeah, that, that makes me. Uh, that's a great point, Conrad. I guess a lot of Sonic games are like the part in Mega Man 2, like a Mega Man 2 reference comedy. You know the part in Mega Man 2 where you're just falling down? Uh, Bubble Man, I think, and dodging the spikes. Yeah, I, I yeah. do. Well, yeah, I mean, it's that one's if pretty. If you turn easy. that on its side and do it faster, that's just kind of a Sonic game. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. I like Sonic anyway, so I like it a little. You no, could okay. shut up. It's totally okay to like Sonic. I just thought that that was an awfully mean-spirited thing to say because there are, I think, good things about Sonic. It's just not a game that I've ever. I like Mega Man. I like falling down and dodging a spike. Yeah, my only problem with people not liking Sonic is whenever they bring it up, they say it in a way that implies they're the first person to have said it, and that they're speaking out against some religiously held truth, when it's quite the opposite these days. If you're in the Sonic cult, though, then that is... I uh, don't even want to talk about those people. They scare me. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty interesting. Uh, so yeah, Sega, I hope they survive. They were doing bad, now they're doing a little better. They're going to focus more on digital. I think that's good. I hope they put out more games like Hell Yeah. That's wise. Yeah, yeah, I think that'll go well for them. I hope so. Um, Jim, what do you think about Fifty Shades of Grey? Oh, no, it's someone who wants me to... (laughs) You, Fifty Shades Uh. of Jim Sterling. Is that a thing? I don't know. Here's the thing. I only ever hear about Fifty Shades of Grey from people that don't like Fifty Shades of Grey. You know mm. what, if you want that book to go away so much, shut the fuck up about it. <laughs> that was good. Let's end on that, on that topic. Uh, yeah, Dilly asks, and that's Hilda Tildy. What a cool name that is. I wish I had a name that was on a monarchy like that. Uh, does it bother you that people treat Gen 1 Pokemon games, which were honestly shit, like the only real Pokemon games? Do people do that? Do people think that the first... Pokemon games were the only good ones? Were the only real ones? What was, what's the difference? They're the only ones one I will the take the time to play. How about that? The, the first one? Really? Yeah, the first, those are the only ones I will take the time to play. Because I've already done it and I never have to do it again. If you show <laughs> me that the Pokemon formula has dramatically evolved into something interesting and less time-consuming... Mm-hmm. than it was, then I'm I'm there. But uh, yeah, I know what it is. It's a basic, you know, turn-based tactics combat game, and that's fine. I'm, I don't care. I, I played the first one where it was simple. I could keep track of 150 Pokemon, and if it had stopped right there, that's fine, because as far as I'm concerned in my brain, it really did. Right, so you got the idea of Pokemon, and And you, I moved uh, on with my life. Right. But, but did you enjoy that idea? And sure, more. yeah, it was fine. Yeah, the first game was, was fine. And I played a couple more, and I was like, wow, these all feel like the same game. Cool, I've played this. I don't need to keep playing them. Mm. You know, when that you is... can bring me a Pokemon game that feels really, really different, I'm down. Well, to me, that's like saying when they make a Street Fighter game, it's 
really, really good. Like, oh no, because I'm I'm well, yeah, sure. Give me a a two D brawling street fighter. You know, give me those characters in a different setting and a different some other gameplay because that's the only way you're going to get me interested in it. Otherwise, keep making your games that are attracting your audience that's into what you're doing because you're not going to attract me. That's all. Yeah, well, fair enough. That makes sense to me. And it doesn't sound like you're saying that the the first Pokemon was the only real Pokemon. Game. Oh no, I'm sure they're all fun. They just yeah. don't feel the same to me. It was the only real Pokemon game. Oh, why is that, Jim? I just said it. Uh-oh. <laughs> I just felt you like saying it. Um, no, they'll tell you what I like. The reason why I didn't really care too much about the later ones um, is not really through much fault of the game as a game. I just didn't like the designs. It's like they had 150 Pokemon. They all looked diverse. They all looked somewhat like animals, like things in a world. And then when it got to the point that they were doing giraffes with chocolate giraffe heads for asses. <laughs> that it, was just uh, the second... I think that was just uh, Silver and Gold there, Gear Freak. But I think all the, the, the... None of the new ones really appealed to me. I thought that the, the aesthetic of the first... Uh, of Red and Blue was so appealing and so well done that I really enjoyed it. And I've played other Pokemon games since then. I've enjoyed them. Um, keeping track of them beyond 151 is is a challenge too, and and you know, and then they introduce new element ability, right? Haven't they done some like? Aren't there some rules uh, or some new abilities? Interrupts or there's whatever. Evolutions. Uh, the way you breed Pokemon changed a lot. In terms of types, they only added steel and dark. Yeah. Then the rules get more complicated, and I have more crap. I feel I need to keep track of. Oh, I'm it's, buying yeah. Books. And books and books of crap. But if no. you want the best, if you want to breed the best Pokemon, you need to start opening fucking spreadsheets. Yep. <laughs> it goes insane. Yeah, I have some but friends who are really into that, and yeah, I, more power to you. I, I appreciate. I, I I acknowledge the patience, and like, there's a a video I watched of a kid getting a, a shiny Ponita. Oh, that's one of my favorite videos ever. And it's, I mean, it's oh, wow, like. That kid is awesome. He, and he, he had thanks Jesus like 50 times. And, I, I'm yeah. telling you, loving video yeah. games and loving Jesus, there's something there. There's but this those... kid, he had a goal. He worked towards that goal. He applied himself day in and day out. And then to hear the sheer joy of him, you know, finally achieving the thing that he wanted, I, I think that's just wonderful. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I still love the games because I love the designs. I just like collecting a bunch of new designs. Now that they're animated... I loved black and white, um, mostly just for the animation it made me feel great. But the game was good too, and uh, yeah, I just feel like they're stretching for ideas sometimes, and the, the Pokemon just don't seem interesting. Yeah, well, I, I disagree. I, I think they're better than ever. The first generation is definitely my least favorite. It's like, oh, a blob. Oh, because the graphic limitations, they couldn't do anything all that detailed. So. Oh, Jonathan, you are wrong. Graphics <laughs> poor. Well, what I think you guys, well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Jim, I think a lot of people your age, Jim, to make it a, uh, I'm just gonna, what do you call it, invalidate your opinion based on. Oh, age. just because I'm 16. <laughs> people who grew up with Pokemon 10 years later, it kind of makes sense that you don't like it as much, or at least like it the same way you did when you were 13, because you've changed a lot over those years. I started liking Pokemon when I was like 20, so to me it's always been, uh, I've been pretty much in the same stage in my brain. 
Yeah, I was 21 when I played Pokemon for the first time. And it was yeah. because of the card game. Um, oh, yeah. I was, well, I was working in a shop, and uh, the, the game shop, board game shop, card games, that, and the cards came in, and you know they were selling like friggin' crazy. I'm like, all right, I got to know what this thing is. Um, and, and I played, I think, Yellow. I think I played it because cute girls were playing it at my college at the time. Wow. Yeah, they were really cute. I'm thinking about them right now. There was like three of them, and we just always do the Charmander appreciation. So I'm like, yeah, I'll play that. And I loved it. Still love Pokemon. Yeah. Now I'm excited about Black and White 2, though, because unless you add new Pokemon, then it is just really the same game. Not really. If, I'm sorry, if it's not Ekans, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> if, if a game does not have Ekans in it, and that's, this is all games... If, if if the the Doom Three remake that they're bringing out doesn't have Ekans in it, zero out of ten. Hmm. Well, moving on. I mean, strong point, but I don't know how to respond to it. Uh, our friend Toby, Toby Carlson, asks uh, any superhero games that have not happened that you want to happen, want to have happen. Uh, a Nightwing game where he gets his dick out. Actually, Secret Six. Oh yeah, you like them, huh? I like the Secret Six. Give me a Secret Six game. Different levels with the different characters, and they've all got different skills. Like snipey mm. levels with Deadshot, and like environmental puzzles with uh, Ragdoll. Does the A Team count as a uh, as a superhero team? I think the A Team uh, count. I've always wanted they an A Team superhuman game. Superhuman things, absolutely. Yeah. People can't. I, I I think that that would be fun. Planning crap as Murtaugh and building crap as B.A. Yeah. Yeah, you think after that movie, which wasn't a total bomb... They did no game for it, as far as I'm aware. There's still... The only A-Team game is the one for the Commodore 64, which is basically just shooting at floating 8-bit heads of the members of the A-Team, and they're all really, really poorly drawn. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. There's that Mr. T game for the 2600, which is just like, Mr. T's head and the square... And a rainbow. Move around. Yeah. Pretty amazing. Yeah, I pity the fool who plays that game. You done did that. You said that. Uh, I did. I was just thinking this morning about how I won a Death Ray game. <sighs> I'm sorry, everyone. I'm not a hipster. I'm not trying to sound special or weird. But I do like weird things. You guys heard of Death Ray? Probably not. I don't think so, no. All right, no, I'll real You know the movie Ghost World with uh, that woman who's not... Laura Birch and... Yeah, uh, Laura Birch oh, and God, that was wretched. Oh, God, I'll see you later. You don't <laughs> like that movie? No, I think it's incredibly pretentious and snotty. Really? Yes, I hate those girls. I... Oh, God, I... They start uh, off pretty unlikable, but they... But Enid they Cole, don't do a whole lot to fix themselves before it's over, either. I think they do. Oh. I'm very sympathetic, especially to Seymour. I really relate with uh, Steve Buscemi's character. Yes, yes, I, and, and, and it's really a shame. I mean, I'm glad that that film uh, was successful because I like Steve Buscemi and I like him to work, and he did a fine, as fine a job. It wasn't a problem with the role. I just didn't like the characters. I didn't like the setting, and I thought it was cruel and unnecessary and stupid. No, I, yeah, yeah, I can see it. See anyway, the guy who made that movie uh, made a comic book called The Death Ray, about a high schooler who is just kind of non-existent. He's not disliked, but no one really knows who he is. And um, 
his friend pressures him into smoking cigarettes, and then he finds out he gets strong enough to rip a phone book in half and like lift up part of a car, and then he just starts kicking people's ass. And um, he also finds that he has a gun that if he aims it at someone and pulls the trigger, they just disappear. That would make a great video game. Death Ray. I'd play that. Also, uh, Big Guy and Rusty the Boy Robot, which was a Frank Miller, Jeff Darrow comic that there's two issues of. That was fun. I'd play that game. That sounds pretty good. Yeah. Do you know about that? It's basically like Iron Man mixed with Captain America plus a cute little Astro Boy robot built in Japan who desperately wants the American Iron Man guy to accept him and love him. And they beat up giant dinosaurs. It's, it's good man. I can dig it. Yeah, man. All right, so I guess you can do another question. All right, let's make one more. All right. What is your favorite PS1 game? Ask Jan Vicken Defoe. Uh, uh, like, hard, right? ever? Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, Deception 3. Oh, bold move. Why would you say that? Uh, I really love the gameplay. It's um, it's not. They didn't make a better game with the PlayStation Two title Trapped, and people have no idea what I'm talking about. I'm, I, I'm sure. I'm sure there's some people who know what I'm talking about. Basically, um, Tecmo put out three games on the PlayStation One uh, called Deception, uh, Tecmo's Deception, Kagero Deceptions Two, and then Deception Three: Dark Delusion. Uh, Deception 3 has the most involved story. It's terribly, terribly written, but very, very involved. And, and there's a lot of different branches to it. And it's a sort of a, you're a little girl in a castle, and enemies come in and try to kill you. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're like a defenseless little girl. Um, or at least that's the bait, because you have the ability to place traps around the rooms of the castle and trigger them at your whim, thus violently killing any would-be attackers. You can't be uh, dumb and play that game. That is a hard game for smart people who are thinking. It's, it's not. Well, it's not that hard. I don't think it's it's really that well, difficult. Well, easy for One you to say, smarty pants. I can't freaking get anywhere in that game. It's hard. Well, the first Tecmo's Deception is really hard because they don't. It's very ambiguous in terms of what you're supposed to do and how you're supposed to carry it out. And there's a lot of elements to it that are kind of unnecessary and strange. Like, the, like they're important to playing that game, but future games they do away with them entirely. Like monster capture and breeding. It's just a. It, it's a. Really cool if you're into the Disgaea type of, you know, oh, I'm going to collect a monster in a stage and now I'm going to train it and level it and grow it and so on and so forth. It's a very Eastern design thing to mm-hmm. do. And it's really sure. kind of cool, but it's so tedious. They got rid of it in the following games, made traps easier to use, and two and three are, are far, far simpler games to play. Oh, maybe I'm mixing them up in my mind. Cause I Plus, remember- the, the first one took nine memory card blocks, so there's no point to playing it. Oh, yeah. Memory card came with 12 blocks. 12 blocks! Tecmo's Deception. It was the first PS1 game I had. It was the first Tecmo's Deception. I should go back to those. I wonder if that's the kind of game I could see someone taking that gameplay mechanic and putting it out on one of these kind of fun underground horror games that Jim's talking about. I would some... like to see that. Yeah, that'd be fun. You got an answer, Jim? You've been mulling it over? Uh, Final Fantasy IX! I was thinking that one. That's a good game, isn't it? Damn right it is. I use its music in gym position every week. 
Yeah, I love that game a lot. I can't believe I was, uh, I'm still playing Fiat Rhythm for about 20 minutes a night before I go to sleep. Um, and every time a Final Fantasy IX track comes on, I just think about how cute they made nihilistic uh, emptiness and the meaninglessness of life with uh, BB. I can't believe they pulled that off. He's a cute embodiment of maybe life is meaningless. So good. They're done good. Yeah, indeed. It's a good little uh, game. Yeah, I'm sorry I talked about your game so much, Jim. Did you want to say stuff about why you like it so much? No, I think it's self-evident. It's got beautiful music. Some of the best music a Final Fantasy game's ever had. Um, <clears throat> fantastic. It was, it was, to me, the last time Final Fantasy allowed itself to be fun mm -hmm. before it took itself far too seriously. That was my puppy, sorry. Um, sounded like a fire alarm with its batteries going. Um, <clears throat> the villain, Kuja, is still one of my favourite villains of all time. Like, I love her dark, brooding... I like a complex villain. But I like complex villains so much that I can't help but love it when one who com comes along who is just a cunt. And that's what Kuja is. He's just a wanker. Um, I love it. He's, he's, he's a villain who seems to know he's a villain. I mean, he even talks about the whole story like it's a, a play, like a production. Um, he knows he's the bad guy, and he eats up every moment of it. Um, and, yeah, just a fantastic, funny, witty... Um, surprising at times? <laughs> surprising right. at times. I mean, the wit means that when they do get like dark and somber and serious, it really hits home. Um, you get a game like Final Fantasy Thirteen, and it's so dreary and dismal and depressing the whole time. There's nowhere to go from there. Whereas when you see cute little Vivi, who is just this adorable little guy who gets in funny situations with Steiner and what have you, like when he gets hurt and when he is upset, like you really feel for the guy. Mm. I can't feel for people so much when they're just... Ugh. <laughs> no, I don't know. Um, and there, there were earlier Final Fantasies that had that problem. I mean, you know, I like, I've got a lot of respect for Final Fantasy VIII, but Squall was. No. I couldn't get into that one. That's no. the first I failed to play. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, indeed. It's a good yeah, thing. I, it's it's, I, it's I, eight's problem was it followed seven? That was its biggest problem. Was it some one game had to take the fall and be mm. the one to follow Final Fantasy VII, and, and obviously it was that one. Um, but I went back to it a couple of years ago and, and found it a lot more enjoyable. It it requires a lot of patience. You've got to give it a lot more than the other ones. But I think that was my problem. Yeah, yeah the just the battles are longer, and uh, you meet every character in the game after the first disc, and, and before that, Final Fantasy games kind of doled out the new characters gradually, but in that one it's like, here's everybody, and now just watch them do stuff for two more discs. So, I want to play it again. Uh, Maybe I'll love it now. Maybe I was judging it by the wrong standards when it came out all of... I'm still waiting for the fucking Vita to put the PS Classics on its fucking thing. Yeah. I want to play the Final Fantasies, but I want them portable. I wonder if they'll do that when the price drop happens. Maybe. One, they two, said it'll be summer, and technically... They've got August, so... Yeah, yeah, who knows? We can we can hold that move. Uh, I think my favorite PS1 game is Toe Ball 2. 
I love it so much. Do you guys know about Toeball 2? Toeball 2. The name's familiar, but I don't think I've played it. Well, Toeball number one was Square, Square's game. Sorry about the puppy. It's a really cute puppy, though. It looks just like Toto KK from, uh, from Animal Crossing except brown. Sounds like it's being fingered. It's not. I'm scratching her little ears. Aww. Ah, puppy. Yeah, so things are going good. Sorry about that. So Toeball 2 was the sequel to Toeball number one, which is the game that came out of Final Fantasy VII demo, which is why everybody bought it. Maybe you guys didn't. I don't know. It was a fighting game with uh, character designs by Kira Toriyama, the Dragon Ball guy. Um, I think I may vaguely remember. I certainly played the demo, so someone must have had it. Yeah, sneak game. Uh, the first one was good, but the graphics were really cheap, and um, it wasn't as big and fleshed out as a lot of other fighting games. But the system itself was great. Then they made a sequel that only came out in Japan, so I imported it. It has a huge quest mode, a single-player quest mode, where you can capture every single non-playable fighting character in the uh, in the game and then use them in the regular mode and there's like 200 different things you can catch like a penguin or just a, a, a weird forklift robot or just a pile of slime and you can capture them Pokemon style actually you throw like a, uh, a square at it it's like a pokey square instead of a pokeball and then you can play that thing in the regular mode so just the single player mode was endlessly fun, and the uh, multiplayer was great. It's a really well-designed 3D fighting game that actually used the 3D space to um, incorporate into how your strategies worked out. And unlike a lot of 3D fighters where there's no fireballs, this is a, a fireball-focused game, so there's a lot of um, long-range play, too. You can play really defensively to stay away from the other guy which is usually something we know we do in 2D fighters. Um, there's a robot whose arms stretch like Dalsum from Street Fighter. It's just the best, it's one of the best fighting games ever in one of the fighting games ever. So, <sighs> now you know, look it up on the internet and import it. It's probably cheap now. So uh, you can play it on your PS1. Uh, I mean, uh, your PS1 and your PS3. Toeball Vintage. It's pretty good. Hells you? Hi guys. Sounds delightful. Yeah, I love it. Oh, I want to play it right now. There's so many other PS1 games I love, too. It's hard for me to pick just one. I love Noah, a lot. I love Domino, yeah. I love Ape Escape, I love Resident Evil 3, I love Final Fantasy 9, like you mentioned. PS1 might be... It's like my second favorite console, maybe second or third. I want to just say the word medieval. Oh, yeah. I just oh, want to say it. Yeah, that's a great game. I wonder where the PS1 ranks on my favorite consoles. I don't know. Pretty pretty high up there. It's better than most. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. It's time to wrap this up. Um, oh, God. What do I do normally do? Oh, yeah. Tell me what you're doing, Jonathan, this week. Oh, yeah. This is when we do that. Uh, no sub homes this week because Conrad is getting married. Oh. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, the day so of the wedding. So we had well. to get the show. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which is good because I was getting confused about who was going to be on. It wasn't anyway, so this would be a week to sort that out. But we did have Anthony Birch, who was a surprise guest, who came on this Sunday. And we had a long talk about what it was like to write Borderlands 2 and to have a successful video series and to have made smaller games, or at least one small, one, two small games actually made. Whether he wants to get back to that, and just kind of industry stuff in general, what he thinks of gaming right now, where he hopes gaming goes to. Really self-depreciating, he made fun of himself a lot, and it was very charming and fun to talk to. So, that podcast, I think, is up. Yeah, it should be up now. 
Oh, excellent. On um, our iTunes, uh, sub, comma, Holmes, question mark. It's also on Zune. It's, it's yep. through RSS. I did find it on the Zune Marketplace. It's there. That's cool. That's neat yeah. to be a part of that. It's like, you know, I feel like yes. I've been to this before. It, you can't find it with a Bing voice search on the Xbox. I did try that. Oh, but you should try, uh, if you've got your Kinect hooked up, uh, Binging Erectile Dysfunction. There's a fantastic ad with the Leaning Tower of Pisa and a woman eating a lollipop and, or eating an ice cream cone, and it says, get it up. <laughs> and I was just like, wow, go <laughs> Xbox. Well played, that. Bing. <laughs> yeah, so that's the thing. That's there, and uh, we should have the, the full episode too. If you want to watch Anthony do his facial expressions, um, that's on Twitch TV, and also on Destructoid.com. Hopefully, I'm gonna get other stuff done for Destructoid. Um, my life's been kind of uh, a horror show lately, but a fun one, a fun horror movie, but just a surprising, scary one. So I haven't been as productive as I'd like to be lately, but that'll get better. So look for me there. Conrad, you doing anything special this week? No, I'm just hiding from family. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's its own kind of horror show. And, yeah. and Jim, what do you got going on? Uh, if you look at Destructor.com at the moment, you can see a uh, review for New Super Mario Bros. 2, uh, which is a good little game, but the grey hairs in Mario's moustache are showing, I find. Um, you putting it? It's a vapid game. It's well, a very I, vapid game. Um, I, yeah. I, I take it, though, I mean, I didn't get this from your review, but I'm asking you now. Do you feel like their stock prices dropped? So they were like, 2D Mario game, just make one fast. I don't know. I mean, the effort's gone in. I, I, I don't think they're lazy. I don't think Mario's stagnation as a franchise is the result of laziness, as it is fear. They put so much work into it, but I do wonder if they're afraid of doing anything different, if they're afraid of being unique. Because um, there's so much more they could have done to this. I mean, a lot of people were saying, why why do they have a game all about collecting coins and Wario's not even in it? And then mm. I thought, well, Wario wouldn't be in it, because that would be too different. He's too niche a character for the main audience. Mm -hmm. um, I think, and they put the effort in. Like, it's a well-made game. It's a damn finely designed game. But I get this feeling that they design it so well while shaking and saying, "I hope people still like this. I hope people still like this." Yeah, that's no way to keep people uh, interested and keep their attention. Yeah, I mean, I've got a, a gymquisition coming up about it, so I don't want to go too far into it. But the the way Mario is at the moment, I think. You know, I, it's it's not working for me anymore. Mm. Part of Nintendo's magic is in a sense of discovery. Mm -hmm. One thing I've always loved about Nintendo's games is the wonder you get from them. Mm -hmm. There's a, they're very much like the Disney of gaming. Sure. You know, wonderful little worlds they make where you can just go in and have a fun little time. Um, but when you're doing a game like New Super Mario Brothers 2, which could have been an expansion and I don't use that term often and lightly but it feels like it's just more levels from a game released back in 2006 mm -hmm. there's no wonder there and and that's what Nintendo's fuel is without the wonder there's no point other than it's I mean it, like you said it is a good game 
Yeah. So if you want to play a good video game, just a two, a good two. Oh, it's definitely still good. It yeah. just feels so pointless in terms of creativity and uh, it, yeah, yeah, ideas. Yeah, there's no new ideas there. So. I thought the Wii U one has more new ideas than the um, Super Mario Bros. 2 did from my brief time. That was fresh. That had some freshness to it, yeah. But um, not the level of freshness Nintendo used to have. No, they just seem to... I mean, you could argue they've always done that, but even when you look at things like Zelda, which the skeleton is always the same, but mm -hmm. they do still shake things up. I mean, you look at Wind Waker, you compare it to Ocarina of Time, the skeleton's the same, but all the meat is... It's different. Oh, sure. And then Twilight Princess yeah. and Skyward Sword. They are... worse. Pretty risky. All very different worlds. Mm -hmm. Whereas the world of New Super Mario Bros. 2 is the world of New Super Mario. Almost to the letter. It's a scalpel precision with which they copied the blueprint of the first one. Right down to... Here's time for the desert world. Here's time for the snow world. Here's time for the water world. Like, just so formulaic. It, I've, I don't think I've seen Nintendo be quite this formulaic outside of, of Mario Kart 7. That's why I can't help but think that they they panicked when the 3DS didn't do as well as they hoped, and then their uh, stock prices crashed, and then they just churned out Mario Kart 7 in, in this game. Yeah. And they're good games, if you like that sort of thing, but... If you want new ideas, you've got to look elsewhere. Yeah, I just... I, yeah, I, I think that the sheen's coming off. Um, but anyway, you can read that review if you want. Some people agreed with it, others didn't, as is usual. Is the game out yet, though? Uh, August 19th. All right, so people disagreed with your review of the game then. Well, you know how it goes. Yeah. Uh, one, one guy got the million coins already. Oh, I saw that. The video went up on YouTube. I laughed... Um, I don't want to spoil it. Um, if you want to spoil the surprise, get it. Get the surprise, and you will find it's been spoiled enough for you. Um, yeah, that was fun. Uh, but outside of that, if you go to escapistmagazine.com, uh, my latest Jimquisition video is called I Hate Video Games Brackets Because I Love Them, and that's about um, the importance of hating video games as much as in uh, loving them um, for the betterment of the industry as a whole. So that's an interesting little piece of shit I did. Um, that's it, really. We'll be back next week. You can always catch us on Destructoid.com doing things throughout the week. Um, congratulations and best wishes for Conrad for his yeah. bed this weekend. Thank Hooray! Hooray! Um, Jonathan Owen's got a puppy! Hey! 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 I've got a new dishwasher! Yay! Um, review us on iTunes if you want. It's always appreciated. We have an Android app that'll just bring episodes straight to your phone if you want. It's two bucks. I won't promise you anything extra. Um, it's on Amazon. Don't get it from anywhere else. Uh, other than that, we will see you next week. Good. Bye. That's a good pee, dude. Pop. That's a good pop and pee, dude. It's a what? You good pop to your pee. pee. I popped yeah. and peed. You did. You popped the pee. Your pee popped. Yeah, it sounded great. Pee popped and pop, Daddy. <laughs>